going back up Bradshaw was by far, hands down, the hardest physical thing I've ever done and definitely the hardest part of this actual race. Um, it, it tested my mental limits and my physical limits like I have not been tested before. And I'm thankful for it because that's part of why you sign up for Barkley. Yeah, I mean, yeah. to, to see what you're capable of and like push yourself harder than you've ever pushed before. Um, it was almost indescribable. Like I'll try to, but I really don't think words can do it. Looked to me like I was like, oh, okay. So if you make it to the decision point, you've got more suffering to go, but you'll probably be okay. But, but had I known the true odds, I may have thought about it for a second, but the, you know, everyone's all jazzed. Everyone's telling you to go for it too. And I Hey everyone, how you all doing? My name's Robbie Marsh and I'm your host, so welcome to the podcast. A month has passed since we set foot in Frozen Head and I can't believe that I'm only getting this episode released. That aside, I'm super excited to introduce you to Christy Pashir, who was the first person in the Barkley 4 Classic to cross the finish line in the 50k and still DNF. The cutoff time was 13 hours and 20 minutes and Christy made it in an agonizing time of 13 hours, 20 minutes and 9 seconds. We followed Christy's interview with Brian Muller, who was the last person to finish the 50k in a crazy time of 13 hours, 19 minutes and 48 seconds. Both runners made it to the decision point in 13 hours and 17 minutes with seconds between them. And Christy completed the last loop seconds ahead of Brian, which shows that there really is a fine line between success and failure in the Barkley Ball Classic. There were only 107 finishers in the 50k from around 373 starters, so a huge dropout with 70 people making the titty marathon finish, including myself, which I now realize only fuels you to come back for more. I've let you wait long enough, so it's with great pleasure I give you Christy Bashir and Brian Muller the fine line between success and failure at the Barkley Fall Classic. As a BFC virgin, I guess I felt as good as I could <laughs> without actually knowing what truly was in store for me. Like I thought I, I thought I had an idea because of stories from friends and um, people I know who've done it and, and, you know, they, were, they weren't YouTube real, videos. they weren't real friends, by the way, they wouldn't be telling you stories, <laughs> yeah, whoever... said, stay away. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's terrible. I need to get better friends. <laughs> then no, what should we say the same about you though? <laughs> we all talk some each friends other into the, crazy i know we all talk each other into like the worst things but they're also the best but yeah <laughs> um but yeah you think you know but you really don't have any idea until you get out there like yeah you don't really do <laughs> at all like no. i've interviewed people on it and i think one thing when i was talking to andrea yesterday like the conditions really add another layer of complication don't they it's so bloody warm mm-hmm it was so hot. Yeah. Um, but I felt fairly, fairly confident um, coming in and just like so excited. I just remember being at the start line and just like the most ultimate excitement race day, you know, feeling all that energy and just like, yeah, here we go. <laughs> I seen your photograph with Laz and you looked so happy. And I was <laughs> like... So she doesn't realize she's a victim in that photograph. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yay, Laz, you're fantastic. And he's going, ha, 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 ha. Young, <laughs> new blood for the course. <laughs> I know. I think we have it's Stockholm syndrome though. or whatever. It is. So <laughs> did your training go well? You were happy with everything? You didn't come in with any niggles or anything like that? You were pretty confident and excited? 
Yeah, I moved. I moved to Colorado three months ago, and so the elevation and the mountains to run in were like <clears throat> I thought a really good advantage coming from St. Louis, where I've uh, grown up in that area my whole life, and so I thought that was you know I I think that was helpful, but. Uh, yeah, I felt I felt good. <laughs> what is it about, what is it about Colorado? Like you know, it's um, everybody seems to be there. It seems to be a bit of a mecca, doesn't it, for the ultra runners? Um, yeah. Elevation is a big thing, isn't it? So what? Yeah, because you're up pretty high there already, aren't you? Yeah, Denver's at fifty two eighty, and then I made a couple trips out to Leadville, which is like ten thousand three hundred. I did some um, some pretty gnarly fourteeners that were just really, really difficult just to power hike up. And I thought those were good training. It's just, it's so beautiful out here. It, it's, it's just the best place. <laughs> I've interviewed so. quite a few people who have upped sticks and gone to Colorado, but like 14,000 feet. Is that what you said there? Yeah. That's mad. That is like, yeah. I, I actually haven't um, summited that high yet, believe it or not. So Come even being out. up. <laughs> yeah, well, everybody else seems to be. I'm not have to do these remotely then. So you're in good shape coming in. You're pretty confident um, coming in. Um, it's, I suppose, as virgins are. Like, you know, I, I remember saying to my friend who had actually done it the year before, he never had his head to torch at the decision point and Laz didn't let him go on, I think. Um, but he ended up getting in the big Barkley. Um, but I remember him getting in the car and I said, um, I'm quietly confident that I'm going to finish tomorrow, <laughs> even with the lack of training I had. And he just turned to me and says, you don't understand, Robbie. <laughs> Simple as you that. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Um, yeah. And he was, he was right. Like, So coming in, coming into the event, what, I, what I'd like to do is break it down um, and sort of walk in your shoes, if you like, on how the race went for you. Like um, starting the morning time was a good buzz, you know, perfect conditions, better cloud cover. Um, temperature was lovely. There was no wind. Great atmosphere. Everybody was buzzing. Um, mm. Does that sound reflective for you? Yeah, definitely. I I loved how cool it was at the start. And yeah, there was a tons of ton of clouds, and um, the energy was like, oh, so put it in a jar. That'd be great to <laughs> carry that with you later. Um, and then yeah, just I mean, the sun even wasn't quite fully up yet, really, by the time when we started um i yeah, started with a, we... i started with a head torch on like for about 10 minutes but oh <laughs> yeah just, i just goes i'm not going to kick one stone but that's how close it was wasn't it to daybreak yeah um, did you have many friends with you yeah so i um a few of my friends four of, of them from the st louis area came out for the race um Let's see, two of them had done it before, and then the other two, or actually, no, there was five of us. One of them dropped pretty early, um, and the other three were BFC virgins um, as well, and so they met me out uh, in Nashville. I hitched a ride with one of them from Nashville, actually, and uh, we all started together. It was nice to see them after a few months of not seeing them because I haven't gone back home uh, since moving and. So they just, the energy was so, <laughs> it's kind of different though, because the ones who've done it before versus the ones who hadn't, they're like, we're excited, yeah. but you guys have no idea. <laughs> Don't be too excited. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, but we had so much fun. Like there were so many jokes and like just getting prepped for the race and looking at the map the night before and just, oh, it was so much fun. So what was your thought process looking at the map? I'm actually, I've got my elbows lying on mine here at the minute, so I'm not going (laughs) to, yeah, Um, a bit too late to look at it now, but (laughs) so how did you absorb it um, the night before? Did you come up with any sort of strategy apart from just going as hard as you could? For as long as you could that was really it just go out there and like um as laz would say don't be a titty baby and like you know <laughs> run when you can even when you can't push yourself to run and just like leave it all out there so um I, I wasn't too overwhelmed by the map i it was just cool to see it and like yeah. see all the popular spots and just know kind of have an idea what we have to do and then just go do it once take it one section at a time so i was like really cool we get to do everything twice Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> talk yeah. about a virgin like it's like yay not only do we get to do rap jaw once we get to do it twice <laughs> it's like doing the event twice like um what about your kit something we did we haven't talked about what did you put on your feet my Shoes. feet um i was running in brooks catamounts um catamounts they were very well loved like this was the i actually threw them away after the race like they (laughs) were not gonna go another mile um yeah but they were great i've uh that's what i trained in for six months and um i really i'm a brooks girl when it comes to trails uh and at asics when it comes to road running but uh yeah and then i used one of my older vests because i knew that it was gonna be um just toward tore to shreds and dirty and filthy and i didn't really want to use my my new salomon like nice vest that yeah, has yeah. those little i i felt they were going to get caught up on the briar so i preferred like the clips versus the this um, dog number two <laughs> i have three of them this is my pity <laughs> <laughs> she wants so, to get in on the show uh, like yeah she's an attention attention hog um and then yeah, I just wore stuff that I knew I could throw away afterwards um, that I also knew wasn't going to chafe in practice of like running in it. Like, okay, this is good. Um, I had a water bladder and one soft flask in the front and I packed more food than I needed. Like, I really did take it seriously when they said there was only going to be Slim Jims. I wasn't I wasn't trying to play and not have food out there and I could have easily <laughs> carried like half of what I had. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so food, like food-wise, um, I brought a couple of wraps for me. Like, so you you have to. It's thirteen hours. You can sort of rely on yourself. You can get enough in your pouch, but it's um, mm-hmm. you never know what your body wants, do you? And that's the problem. Yeah. On the warm on, on the on the warm-up loop, I took uh, one bar and straight away I started feeling sick. And went, well, that wasn't a good idea. <laughs> for whatever <laughs> reason, that bar, which I've eaten a load of times, made me feel not so great. Oh, um, yeah. but so six months, like you. That was a good training block you had then. You were going in mm-hmm. here good and strong, like, um, which was needed really to get to that 50K mark, I suppose. Yeah. Had you done any events in that um, six months? Yeah. Um, out here in Colorado, I did a trail marathon. Um, it had about, I think, uh, 5,000 gain. Um, so only 8,000 less than what we did estimate. <laughs> and, uh, I did that one in August uh, called Staunton State Park, uh, the Staunton Rocks Trail Marathon. Um, I did a ton of just, oh my gosh, so many training runs, but 
other race wise, I think the marathon was my only event that I registered for as like a training, um, if I can recall. So mm -hmm. you, you, you were pretty yeah. happy coming into this, this event <laughs> in good form. <laughs> Come on, Laz, bring it on. Like, um, yeah. so we took off then that, that morning we hit the first, I didn't know what to expect. To be honest, I was a bit of a whirlwind. We came over from Ireland Thursday, Friday. We, we actually flew into Washington and drove the 500 miles down, picked up our races then went into the event the next day. So I literally was just looking at the next aid station on course. I didn't go past. If I was on number one, I was looking at number two. <laughs> and so, um, not the best strategy. I might even edit that out. <laughs> so, it's, um, cause I remember somebody asking me at number at aid station two, they started talking about aid station four. I said, I don't know. I haven't looked that far yet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they were like, mm, maybe a good strategy actually. So how do you aid station one? I've actually written down, well, not your first time, like, um, but it was the visitor center was the first time we ran over the clock somebody yeah. put up the splits and i've got brian's split your split and my split down here i'm not going to talk my about my split after the first one <laughs> <But> <laughs> you came in in 315 i actually felt like i'd finished an event at that stage it was like yay where's the finish oh line? yeah definitely it felt that way yeah I'll so how, how did the first loop how did the first loop go for you did you start up near the front or the middle I started um, kind of towards the middle, front middle-ish. I wasn't trying to be right up there. Um, and we got passed by so many people right away. The first mile, it was like my legs, I don't know if it was excitement, my legs just did not want to wake up. And I was like, okay, come on, we got we got to get <laughs> we got to get with the program. Um, it was making me a little nervous. But you know how that is, you can't trust the first mile. And uh, then we just... Honestly, it wasn't a ton of running. Like we ran in the first mile and then we just started to climb that Jeep or that road, um, the warm up forever and ever and ever. <laughs> I, felt, I said to someone, I was like, well, we have to get to the top at some point. Little did I know this was going to be something we repeated multiple times during the day, um, like chimney top. Good Lord. Uh, but yeah, it was, I still had like really high spirits. So coming into the ranger station and uh, I know the guy was like, it has to register at that, that little mat. Yeah, so I did yeah. this little like dance until it beeped yeah. and he laughed. It's like, okay, I'm like got to dance it out before we go up the hill. Um, it was a lot of, uh, it was good to see a lot of people. Like it, it, it gave me a boost. Like they're all cheering there and um, you know, the volunteers and to see there was actual real food to be had at the aid station. I was like, Oh yes. Okay. So I grabbed some chips cause I didn't have anything salty in my bag and yeah, it, uh, it gave me a boost and then ended up. There was a lot, there was a lot of people there, wasn't there? There was a lot, yeah. of, a lot of the school, not school kids, but the football team, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, did you try any of the sword? Is it so? I, a little bit, but I yeah. brought my own, uh, scratch and, in, in a little like tube and I was adding it to my soft flask. Um, and I kept just plain water in my, uh, my bladder and I really didn't feel like the need to, I was like, ah, I don't know if I don't like it. So I tried just a teensy bit, but, um, no, yeah. I didn't really drink a lot of it. I'm kind of glad I didn't because some, a friend was like, Oh, it was making me feel nauseous, which nothing against sore but you to try new stuff on race day nah. yeah so a mate of mine actually got he got water and one of the guys filled up with a sword but he poured it over his head <laughs> the 500 mil that'll attract the that'll attract the <laughs> yeah. uh the stinging insects even more you just covered well, he doesn't sugar. have much <laughs> you 
kill me for saying this, but he doesn't have much hair on his head, like, but he said it was just so sticky, you know, all oh, over no. his head. Uh, he missed the marathon cut off by two minutes. He goes, it could have been that sword on my head actually done that. Oh, no. <laughs> That's um, the thing with this race is there's so many like what if I didn't do this or what if I shaved off this time in this section and it, you can't do that. I mean, maybe, you know, now goes especially as going into the next year is not a BFC virgin. It's like, OK, I know where I could have saved yeah. time, but yeah. Just just writing down stuff. the times here between Brian and yourself and, and myself. Like for me, definitely, it was definitely the the aid stations, even though like normally, you know, I know that anyway, in, in a like a hundred cray race or something, I will just go on through and mm -hmm. try not even to stop. Um, but I know I had to I had to stop and reset my bag. But mm. then I just talked to everybody around me. I was looking at my watch, got an hour and a half left, um, which I didn't have. And I was I was spending a lot of time, like 10, 15 minutes at the fuel, at the aid stations. And on wow. reflection, just before this, when I was writing down the time, I was like, that's why I missed the decision point. Was that turnaround? Mm. My goodness. Um, oh, with John Kelly? Where you're just, <laughs> yeah. where you're just partying? I just was yeah. so relaxed. And the, the whole oh, thing yeah. was hip. You, Do you know what I mean? It was, you can get Coke here on bar, it was on tap. It was excellent. You know, everything was happening there. Like, so you came in, you, you, yeah. you done that shimmy on that first clock. Then you were in a three hours, 15 minutes. Brian was two hours, 59. I actually come in at three eighteen, So it really did go tits up for me. Like, <laughs> so oh, wow. that's okay. fantastic. So up to tub springs then it really started to happen. Didn't it? Yeah. That, that climb was forever. I just, just uh, it felt like a hobbit in the woods on an adventure. Just, just kept going. <laughs> you couldn't look up though, could you? You just sort of look at the trail and just keep moving. There's yeah. no other option in there. How did yeah. you? Being from Colorado is not so bad. Like, but how did you find the heat then in there? Because it was quite humid, wasn't it? It was pretty humid, which I'm not used to anymore now that I live out here. There's like no humidity, but the shade was nice, and occasionally we would get a little itty bit of breeze but I that's actually I mean it did go on forever but I just kind of got in the zone and I just went and just mm. did it and it at a few sections I found people to chat with and it made the time go by and yeah, yeah it there was, was some like there was people lying down and sleeping at that stage I'd gone <laughs> I went past people but it made me want to sit down there and I was like really you can do that you've got time to do that <laughs> it's like lying down no. and sleeping uh -huh. how's your energy levels how was your any energy levels going up to tub springs then i felt pretty good um i felt pretty pretty decent going up to tub springs uh i my energy was still pretty high um and yeah no. it just i'm really no, good at compartmentalizing good. and so i was like okay this is the section that i i'm going to focus on now like and just don't think about all the other stuff I have to do and don't even really think about the stuff I've already done. Like I'm just in the section that I'm in and it, yeah, it was all right at that point. <laughs> and we came up to chimney then it was a bit of um, a breeze at the top. Oh my yeah. goodness. Getting up to that first chimney. Cause it's, there is sort of a couple of them, isn't it? It's just like for me being up there the first time anyway, it was your first time up there as well. Was it? Yeah. When I saw the chimney, I was like, Oh, there it is. Like, yeah. Chimney. yeah you were definitely so, in better spirits than i was yeah <laughs> i did a little like yeah because so. it is a bloody climb isn't it like it really it is, is yeah 
and you weren't speeding up in any way or form you know it was just getting were you with people at that time or were you on your own yeah i talked to actually i talked to the guy from florida who had to tape up his shoe because it was messing up not far after chimney i I chatted up with him for a while he was very nice um and just other random strangers uh would kind of chit chat a bit and yeah i met Uh, his shoe like on two or three different occasions i didn't see people's faces you see i was just looking down at people's yeah (laughs) so because he had like silver duct tape wrapped around it didn't he i've seen that shoe so many times it's like there's that shoe again like is it a brand that loads of people are wearing it but i must have been running around the same i was running with him when he realized it disconnected and i could hear it in his voice just this just this desperation because he had gone for it last year and he, you know, he really, really wanted this. And, um, and he's like, Oh no. Oh God, no. And I, I honestly, I give him so much props for like pushing through and getting the marathon finished. Cause I mean, that was super early in the race and I thought it, I thought it was going to be over for him and he toughed it out. Like I can't imagine having my shoe talking to me and flapping and finishing <laughs> what, what he did. <laughs> so he got the marathon finished, did he? He did, yeah. Yeah, that's why I must have seen him then. He must have been pretty close to that um, cutoff because I kept on seeing that shoe the, the whole way through. Yeah, pretty epic. So <laughs> you, you were feeling pretty good then up to that point. Um, mm-hmm. Really, that was the... Still is the warm-up, really, isn't it? Because when you looked at the map, you knew the out and back was the start and the finish of the race, really. It was all there, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and he had like 60 minutes down on each one. <laughs> it's like... That was crazy. So, even I, to be honest, like even when I got to the towers for the first time, I could really feel my quads going up to the tower to get punched even before I mm-hmm. went down. Um, and the heat there for me was was this is meant to be about you, by the way, not me. So, <laughs> but anyway, um, coming down Ratjaw, I want you to explain to me in your best words what that was like oh, for somebody gosh. that's never been there on the way down that is oh man epic um so i remember we climbed up that jeep road to rat jaw and i had pretty much been running by myself with like i said intermittent um, periods of conversation with other runners that i didn't know and then when i got to the very top i saw my friends one of them had already dropped out of the race she only got in 10 days prior and hadn't really been training so she she dropped at the um ranger station i believe but my other friends were up there and they're like oh my gosh christy and i was my spirits just soared to see my friends and knew that they're like go up to the fire tower get it punched we'll wait for you and so they waited for me so we could all go down ranch all together and i was so i was so excited that i literally was like ain't no party like a rat job party because a rat job party don't quit and they're like okay get ready (laughs) so he descended this thing and i was just like wow i (laughs) it was good because there was so much of a path because we were middle-ish back of the runners so there was quite a bit of a path um but it was just wild it felt literally wild like like you're playing in the wilderness like it kind of made me feel like a kid um i was wearing tall socks and i didn't get as cut up on the way down as i thought i would which i'm thankful for um but yeah that stuff will still those vines will literally they kept tripping me up more so than getting cut i kept getting my shoes like stuck on a vine that's super deep and then i mean they're like trip wires and (laughs) there was a guy next to me he got his foot lassoed 
so he yeah. went face he face planted into them and i was like <gasps> and he, oh. he turned around and goes oh that was lucky and i was like shit his face is cut what i tell him <laughs> oh my god there was it a couple was of times nuts. i got um as i was going down i felt a vine go right across my neck if it was somebody with a, a knife and I was, <gasps> but then you were lucky there was no thorns on it and then i felt one to go across my face and i thought jeez you just think for a second oh no that could have just cleaned you wiped you clean oh, open like man. you must have had to we were we were lucky because obviously the front runners had made um some sort of a path on the way down mm -hmm. until you got to the little tunnels yeah crawling under the little tunnels a bit that was once again like it just made me feel like a kid like i don't in my normal regular life i'm not going to be doing this stuff and this is the one opportunity to do these kinds of things and it just is so much fun even if it's type two um and <laughs> it just it just felt like me and my friends just like Woo, my God. <laughs> but you're on rat jaw isn't it because everybody knows rat jaw um, yeah and for me it was like no matter what happens in the event i've made it to rat jaw and you know you now you're going to make it to the jail so coming down rat jaw was fun like wasn't it really in it and i think because a lot of it had been cleared for us um we enjoyed it a bit more yeah and but it got ridiculous as well didn't it even though it wasn't that tough really apart from the heat it just got a bit ridiculous sometimes it, did get, you know? it was getting really warm at that point yeah like i i knew what lay ahead of us was going to be that much harder because it was heating up quite a bit yeah very exposed it felt like an oven to me um because yeah. it was like somebody had a heat lamp on you at that stage <laughs> coming down mm -hmm. um and it was really funny at the end when you're coming off that, that like, hill. Like, where do you go like and they're actually there's a bit of a left and a right as well there and you were like was it left or right because it can't be left we're going away from the prison so yeah. um, that hill like there was two people in front of me trying to work out how to get down it <laughs> There is only one way just, down it. <laughs> you scoot on, you gotta scoot on your booty. It's like yeah. you have no other option. <laughs> Straight after that, and that was cool. Like it's a bit of redemption coming down there. Um into the what was it like then going into the tunnel for you and oh, up over the man. wall? The tunnel. So we came up off the hill and we heard people screaming our we heard someone screaming our names and it was our friend who had dropped at the ranger station. And she was there, uh, another runner who had dropped, uh, gave her a ride there and she was taking pictures of us. So I was relieved to see her and know that she was okay because we had got separated at the very, very beginning and um, she's a good friend of mine. And so just to know that she was all right and she's not still out there suffering and she was okay with us, you know, going on without her uh, was great. And so she took pictures of us and then we uh, went down into the tunnel and man, I was like riding high. I was, yeah. I was having so much fun and, uh, it gets so dark in there and I like was going too fast and I tripped and <laughs> I fell on my left knee. Um, cause there's, it, it's flat and then it goes up yeah. to the right. And so I tripped on that. I didn't realize it was, it goes up and man, I, I did a number to my knee. It's, uh, see, it's healing up all right, but it was, ooh, it was bleeding. And so, but I still smiled. I was like, whatever, washed it off with some Creek water, which I was like, in my head, I was like, this is going to get infected <laughs> and just kept going. Um, that you tunnel could, was you, cool. And you could oh, imagine geez. people like, um, you know, years ago, maybe trying to escape through the tunnel, like these type of things going through your head, you know? Oh yeah. Um, and then we come out into the heat. I don't know where you've seen 
Aaron, who is the number one, but um, he met me on the. I had to actually get out of his way coming up, going over the jail wall. Oh, okay. How, how cool <laughs> was that? Like you know, going over. That was the wall. so fun. Yeah, and the the uh, volunteer there was so witty. He had like a lot of jokes. Um, yeah, that was really cool. Uh, I loved going up and down the ladder, and we got to do it twice. And yeah, that was that was really neat. Um, then coming through the jail, it was a good buzz, obviously, wasn't there? Because um, there were some normal people walking about who were just visitors, yeah. and you could see their face. Really, like what are these crazy people doing? I loved watching their reactions and hearing the things they were saying. And they're just like astounded. Like, Oh my God, what are these? Yeah. What are these people doing? And we're just covered in mud. We look like, you know, apocalypse survivors. And (laughs) just, yeah, it was really funny. That kind of lifted my spirits too, to just be like, yep, we're nuts. Here we are. (laughs) It was when you come off rat jaw, wasn't it? You were absolutely dirt head to toe and I come off rat jaw and I go geez I really am covered in mud and somebody yeah. from across the river shouted well what did you expect <laughs> and I was like fair enough <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's hilarious like so the next I think the next checkpoint then was at the gate or mm-hmm. was at that fuel station um you crossed that I don't know if you've taken a look at your times or not but it was five thirty-one. Oh, okay so like you were well on track like you know the cutoff there was seven thirty. So you were two hours at that point. Um, I had actually lost half an hour on you there. I was 5.58 and Brian was 5.20. So he, he was just 11 minutes ahead of you. Um, all the fun happens after that, doesn't it, really? <laughs> yeah, you can call it that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we just talked about coming down Rat John over the prison. That was actual fun. Um, coming up into Meth Lab then, phew, like Man. I asked, I must have asked people three or four times, is that Ratcho? I oh, sorry, Tesco Spectral. Is that? No, 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 that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. And then when I seen the wall, I was like, well, that has to be it. And they went, no, no, no. It's on the other side of the hill. And I say, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, how did that go for you, Meth Lab? Oh, man. Meth Lab was wild. Uh, I just like trying to figure out how to get up certain sections and you grab for what you think is a sturdy rock and it's just this crumbly shale or whatever. And it just crumbles away and you're like, okay, then you have to stand and reevaluate. Okay. Well, there's, there's these like, you know, roots. Maybe I can grab that. Nope. They're too loose. Too many people have been on it. I mean, it was just (laughs) nuts. You know, it it took such a long time to legitimately climb sections of that, um, which is just loose dirt and scree. And uh, it was, it was epic. Um, and hot as hell. Oh my gosh. At this point, I'm like pouring, pouring sweat, just, just drenched in sweat. Um, and so I'm continually drinking water to try to rehydrate and I'm pretty sure I wasn't keeping up completely with it, but I was doing my best. Um, Meth Lab is very fitting with the the name it's been given. (laughs) It's a little like hilly, it's like a straight up hill desert. It's just, it's nuts. Yeah, it, w- it was really hard to hydrate, though, wasn't it? It's the most dehydrated I'd ever been in a race. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was in Chamonix a few weeks before, and it was really warm, but it was nothing like that. It's a different type of heat, and getting salts on really did make a difference. You know, because yeah. there's times, you know, my quads were just burning, 
the amount of times I had to stop and stretch my quads out, I was, I was actually rubbing Tiger Balm into them. I don't know if that was doing any good psychologically. I had to do something. It was class meeting Jenny, though, wasn't it? Like, um, Jenny had the camera there. It was sort of a bit of a Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something normal, great. I think. I That's know. why it was good. Um, I actually sang Lady in Red, Krista Berg, the whole way up Meth Lab. And for some reason, that's a tip for any other virgins that go on to it, it works. <laughs> so I was singing at the top of my voice. And every time I stopped singing, I felt miserable. So I just kept oh singing. And the only problem was when I was singing, everybody else was feeling miserable because I'm a terrible singer, like absolutely <laughs> terrible. Um, You're making it worse. Just before well. the big... <laughs> but it was cool, though, seeing the runners come through, though, wasn't it? And it was very supportive yeah. at that stage. Yeah, actually, one of my friends from uh, St. Louis area, Tim Barbie, he was uh, he passed me on meth, and uh, he's like, oh, there's pizza and Coca-Cola and um john kelly at the bottom of the head so keep going and he looked strong he i he did great um and he came out there to go for it and he really did good so that was nice seeing him um and then to see like the first well i saw her way back there but uh the first female andrea um i saw her actually back in the woods before getting on meth lab and i was just like yeah <laughs> she looked so strong didn't she like she looked so strong I'm focused. She was focused like a demon. So she was. Yeah. Like, she was really out, out, out to get it. So she was. Um, yeah. As we all were, to be fair, um, in our own different battles that were going on. Yeah. Um, going up Meth Lab then, the, the final sort of ascent, it was tough when you got to the top of that and you're like, Phew. but how did you find going down testicle spectacle? Like, Okay, was... so coming off of Meth Lab and then going down testicle and like very shortly after descending um there's that straight like literally the most <laughs> straight downhill i've ever gone down i i i spent a good minute just staring at it and and just trying to contemplate how i was going to get down that without just jumping like 15 feet and rolling <laughs> or something I, it was that was one of the biggest obstacles on this course i was like then i thought how the heck am i gonna get back up this too yeah, you see that thing just... was nuts grab him with their nails trying to hold on yeah. and you you can see everyone looking what route do i go here there is yeah. no route you just go that's it i met I went uh, to the right side a little and got down it and like used some grass and roots to kind of like and it was still super steep steep but to kind of slow me down but it, i i came down pretty hard on that thing <laughs> i think i took half the cliff with me with my speed goat sticking out the front and i was like this is the only way i can do this is going down on my ass like we should have brought rope next year we'll bring rope <laughs> <laughs> i met a friend of mine um eamon murphy um who came over from ireland as well um it was his first experience he was coming up as i was going down i says well are you enjoying it i don't even think i could repeat his words on the podcast <laughs> 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 but enjoyment was not one of the words that he used he was yeah. spitting as he was speaking to me but he was he was like spider-man as he was talking to me adjacent to me you know it was hilarious like um yeah it was i i find that most probably well we're going to get to the going up rat jaw in a minute but next to rat jaw i suppose that was for me it was the second hardest going bit down was testicle, going down yeah but yeah, you to pass people who, like my friend out here in Denver who was doing the race, Emma, I, she was coming up testicle when I was going down and I was just like, Emma, woo! Like she was doing great. Um, but yeah, to 
Like we're I'm cra- like crab crawled a ton down testicle spectacle. I had to do the crab walk. Like there was no other way. And then people were just literally climbing on all fours coming up it. And it was just some it was something to see. It was so cool, but just wild. Um it was quite slippy as well, wasn't it? Near the bottom. Yeah. I actually went over two or three times down at the bottom. I was like, oh, better be careful here. And um, bodies mm-hmm. were starting to emerge at that stage anyway, or at least after we um, mm-hmm. went went to the turnaround. When you got to the turnaround, did you did you do that? Did you turn around or did you take some time there? Or That's probably where I made the most vital mistake of this race. I spent, I think, 10 minutes at the turnaround. And I kept saying, like literally twice I said out loud, and it's in my head, it probably went through my head at least 10 times, I need to go, I need to go. I got to get going. Um, some of my friends, I actually like parted with them at the aid station right after the prison. And they, they thought that I was still there. I, I had actually didn't even stop at that one except for to get my bibbed, you know, dinged or whatever. And then I kept going. I did, I actually didn't even say that to them. I just thought they saw me and they didn't. So they lost me, but I knew I needed to keep putting it, like yeah. keep putting down the mileage. I just needed to keep going. I wasn't going to stop if I didn't need to. And so they caught up to me after I'd been at the turnaround station um, where John Kelly was for, I was there for about three or four minutes and they got there and I should have left right then. I didn't. And that was a big mistake. I stuck around and, and talked with them and drank some Coke. And one of my friends, he was like worried he actually busted his bladder. It, did, it didn't. He fell on it on that really, really sharp hill. And so he stuck around, made sure that wasn't busted, and he was just feeling really rough. And I stayed around for camaraderie, and I should have been all one member himself. Just go. Damn him! He's off the <laughs> he's off the Christmas list for sure. Like, yeah. um, but he's was... the one who talked me into this crazy race to begin with, <laughs> so he's definitely off the Christmas list. <laughs> the, the turnaround, I think, got a lot of people because it was so relaxed. Mm-hmm. Um, like I know I've been in events and I've had. I've come into fuel stops and friends have been there and they're almost shouting at you here. What do you want? What do you want? Fill your what? Right. Go, go, go. And you're like, you just put your hand into your bag to get a sandwich, you know, drop bag or something. And they're pushing you move, move, you know, at a turnaround point. Yeah. Uh, whereas I came here and I sat down and met some guys from England, sat and talked and chin wagged for about 15 minutes and then took yeah. off. Um, I was about 400 meters away and I realized I'd left my gloves behind. So I had to go back and get my, I was like, well, I get them because no, I definitely need them again. And I was very similar. You know, I, I just made the cutoff by 19 seconds, um, for the marathon. I had 19 seconds left. And all that was in my head was running down to it. Shit. Them gloves have made me miss the marathon. So similar to yourself as well. You know, you're, you're sitting as you're going and it's getting really tight. You start thinking straight away. Um, last it said to one of my friends who missed it by two minutes, he goes, hey, man, you were out there all day. Where'd you lose two minutes? <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> I was like, oh, Jesus. But he's so right, isn't he? Um, so coming back up testicle, it wasn't so bad, was it? Because you got a bit of a boost at the turnaround. Yeah, that Coca-Cola, like, saved my life. It just, whew, that was so good. The pizza was all out by the time we got there. I think, like, four or five minutes before I got there, the last slice had been handed out. <laughs> But the pizza was, or the Coke was great, and it gave me definitely the boost I needed with the sugar and the caffeine. Um, but yeah, testicle going up, it was tough, but we were still having fun. Like, I was with my friends, yeah. and we were talking about races, and 
you know, running like all runners do. We just talk about running all the time. And um, I yeah, felt you got a bit of energy. I felt that like you got a bit of energy um, supporting the people coming down because you mm-hmm. were actually going back and they were coming down. So you were yeah. supporting those guys. But I think I actually give you a bit of energy doing that. Well, at least I'm not going down here still. You know, I'm, I'm still moving forward in the, I'm quite a bit ahead of these guys. So didn't mean it in that way but I mean just supporting them actually was giving you a good buzz it's just yeah. a bu- it was I a positive passing up, yeah passing other runners and giving each other kudos was was awesome it definitely I love that part of races you know like yeah way to go keep going yeah when I when I got to the top of um at the turnaround what was the time then so you were 11 minutes behind Brian at that stage which is going to be important when we come to the end here um because you pretty much caught up with Brian, by the way. That's why I said that, not because of the finish. <laughs> um, and I was like, Phew. I was gone at that stage. So funny. 47 minutes behind. Um, but when I got to the top of Tesco Spectacle, like, were you struggling going up or down? Not, I don't mean struggling, but did you find it easier going up or easier going down? I'd say it was easier going down. Um, but going up, what yeah definitely easier going down going up was tough and um you know and then to have a friend who's like really struggling and you can just see it like you feel really bad for them and and stopped a couple times there and you know you're trying to keep your spirits up but then at the same time you know your friends like you know on the struggle bus hard at this point and it's just like that stuff can spread sometimes um so at that point actually um my friend Jacqueline, who finished a minute ahead of me, um, she, her and I decided to, we told the, the, the guys, we're like, we're going to go ahead because you guys are generally faster than us and you'll catch up to us back in the woods and stuff. And so we broke apart and her and I just went, went ahead. And so. Um, it yeah. sounds like you were having a good time to this point. Yeah, um, yeah we were. <laughs> do you have you having many low points before this? Oh, you're so um, I had low. I had an oddly low point um, coming down Bird Mountain. I, for some reason, I felt depleted. Like energy wise, I started feeling depleted. Um, I broke my foot in 2014, my left foot, and the spot where I broke it started feeling sore. And I was like, it's too early in this race for my foot to feel sore, and it really got in my head. Luckily, it went away. I don't know why it was flaring up then but after about probably an hour or so it stopped feeling that way but I had some I kept tripping over like not fully tripping but kicking rocks kicking roots and when you continually do that and you're that tired that early it gets in your mind and it really screws with you and so I had to just keep like trying to think positive trying to use distraction and just keep going and luckily that that bad point passed but that lasted for a good probably hour and a half or so where I just was mentally not in a good place. And it wasn't even that hard of a section. Like it wasn't bad. (laughs) You know, I was, I was the same as that. And I think that was what it was can get into your head because it's so early on. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I'm a full-time mountain guide. I thought that stretch was going to be really easy and I was struggling harder than I should have been. And I was like, right. And it did start getting in my head. So I just sat down, um, took a drink and something to eat and said, right, let's go again. It only took that 10 seconds, well, a couple of minutes to sit down and I felt refreshed again. Um, but thankfully the race 
um got better so it was enjoy i was i was enjoying it as well but my legs were weren't <laughs> so <laughs> that's why i asked you about the descending or the ascending um when i got went to come down meth lab i literally couldn't even bend my legs to go on my ass i had to keep straight legs which was fine oh. it's just the way i had to do it it just meant that I was probably a, a sight to see <laughs> i just had to carry a lot of mud and um, where i didn't want to be carrying mud that's all that that meant <laughs> yeah. um but there was still quite a lot of people coming up at that stage as well um so coming back into the the prison um you'd actually drop 28 minutes on brian for those who are listening and don't even and i wonder who brian is so brian had, was the last person to finish um i'll leave it at that at the minute like um so I'm trying to see where the two of you were sort of moving because you did actually, I don't even know if you met each other at one stage. You, you, you started having a really good um, second half of a race, believe it or not. Like, so, and I'm not surprised because it sounds like your motivation was high. Um, you were enjoying the day out. <laughs> I use that word loosely. We can say that now. It might be in a different conversation, you know, an hour after yeah. we finished because <laughs> the pain disappears, doesn't it, in your head um coming through the jail still it was very hot though wasn't it when you're coming back through up through the jail you didn't want to lose any time so i i remember going under the tunnel again and i actually knelt down and just splashed water all over my head and my arms and washed off the dirt and just try to cool myself down a bit before i knew i was going to come back out and like it was going to be an oven on red jaw and it was it was so hot um I, going back up Ratchaw was by far, hands down, the hardest physical thing I've ever done and definitely the hardest part of this actual race. Um, it, it tested my mental limits and my physical limits like I have not been tested before. And I'm thankful for it because that's part of why you sign up for Barkley. Yeah, I mean, yeah. to, to see what you're capable of and like push yourself harder than you've ever pushed before. Um, it was almost indescribable. Like I'll try to, but I really don't think words can do it justice. This is, it's, it's, I, I love hearing this by the way, you know, cause it sounds like you were really enjoying it up to this point. <laughs> it's yeah. just like a switch just gone <laughs> flicked. Finally, she's human. We got her, <laughs> but it is right though. So do your best do your best yeah. from the very start because when you come out of the tunnel and you crawl up onto the bank you walk over to um, big rat as they call it like where do you start like you're just looking at the bank and going where do you mm -hmm. start how do i how do i get up this so walk yeah. me through that yeah so i see that big hill um at the very base of retra and um I literally took a few seconds to just mentally prep myself and I, I got in like a zone. Like I just laser focused, looked at it. And I was like, okay, here we go. And there was quite a few people behind me. So I felt that urgency to keep going. Like I was for some reason at the head of this crazy conga line. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just scrambled up that hill. Like there's no dignity. You just, you grab what you can, you know, you're just, showing everything to the people behind you you're just grunting and sweating and <laughs> you just do it and so i kind of went up the left side of that hill because there are some yeah. trees and branches you can grab there otherwise if you go up the middle it's just straight dirt and like a little bit of rock there's 
you, I didn't see how I could do that. So I want her up the left side a bit, but I was still in the dirt, but I was pulling myself up. Um, and I it's got not a hill though, is it? It's oh, not a hill. It's, it's a, a cliff. You know, it's, it's a, a vertical yeah, wall. Cliffs it's a, a vertical wall. <laughs> it's a vertical wall of just dirt. <laughs> and, uh, so that's tough. You know, you just, you just go for it. And you, you look at it and you think there's no way I'm getting up this. Like I can't <laughs> do this. And then you just do it. And you're like, okay, I freaking did that. <laughs> and then, you don't. I didn't take much time to stop. I, I took two seconds, let out a deep breath and just went and I just went for it, went for Ratchaw. And that's when I knew I looked at my watch and I was like, I want to try to get this done in about an hour, like an hour is what I have. I need to get up this thing in an hour because I knew I was starting to cut it close to get back to Tub Springs by 5.30 p.m. Um, and so I started I started on Rat and, you know, Rat's kind of split up in like two second two sections and the first part's bad, but the second part's even worse. Yeah. Um you're just pulling. I tell people like that we that I talked to about this race that you're just pulling yourself up on these dead power line, uh, power lines. And I was I made a joke. I was like, next year Laz gonna is gonna have them electrified to give a little bonus, <laughs> you know. Well, the um, first time I pulled. seen them, I did think to myself, I hope these aren't live because I didn't know they were there. <laughs> yeah. Um and in this section, like in any other sections, even on testicle and stuff, like. People were conversating, kind of laughing, kind of like, you know, commiserating on our on how tough this is. On Rat coming back up, there's, for me personally and the people around me, there wasn't any of that. Like, mm. you, I had to be so laser focused on one step in front of the other and not stopping. I had nothing left to mentally interact with anybody else or even really give them kudos too much. There's a couple people that were really struggling that were sitting down and we passed by and check in with them. You okay? Hey, you got this. But there's, there wasn't, there wasn't conversation. There wasn't singing. Yeah, you don't even there, lift your head. You don't even lift your head to speak to them. Do you You're like, no, your head's still looking down at your feet saying you're doing well. Keep going. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't take that distraction. You just have to go. It's unfortunately kind of every man for himself. It felt like, but at the same time we had this camaraderie cause we were in a line and we all knew we were all suffering super bad. And so like, just being in the presence of others who were going through the same suffering was helpful, yeah. but I didn't want to talk. <laughs> I just wanted to go. So I don't know if it, it was, was so I don't know if it was helpful though. That was the, that was the issue. Cause there was like four of us. Mm -hmm. Um, and that first section I was able to keep moving like at snail's pace, but one foot in front of the other feeling a bit sorry for myself. But when I hit when there was four of us, then, I, we didn't do each other any favors. You know, we started sitting down and, and things were getting really mm. difficult and there was no real <laughs> happiness going on. Like it was just suffer fest, but yeah. it felt okay to be suffering because everybody else was at that stage. You know, if, 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 if they were all like, woohoo, let's kill this baby. We're doing great. Um, it might've helped, but we were all feeling sorry for ourselves and each other at that stage, which doesn't <laughs> do the mind any good at all. No. I think if you tried to sing at that stage, I don't think it would have went over very well. <laughs> I would, I definitely would have got a kick in the face or something from yeah. in front. Like, it's like, shut up. I was almost getting oh. that on meth lab, to be honest. But, um, <laughs> but I, like, even when you talked about lifting the cables, like, how was that? Like, even, even having the energy to do that was tough, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like kind of questioning myself, like, is this helping or is this doing anything? Um, 
And in some sections, it's so steep that it, it was, but other sections, it just was more helpful just to place one hand on each leg and just push, yeah. push, push each leg down and just go forward. Um, it, it, you know, it, <laughs> it's hard to, yeah, it's really hard. It to is hard to explain, I think, because <clears throat> we took a look at it the day before and I looked at it, me being a mountain guy, I thought, well, it doesn't look too bad. Like I'm just quietly confident going up that. It's not going to take long doing that. I just come back from a DNF and UTMB, but they had like huge climbs. Mm-hmm. I thought it was nothing like, you know, but it was totally different. It was energy sapping. I think it was just everything that happened up to that point. Um, even though I felt ready for it at the bottom, halfway up it, I just had nothing left. It just was the last, it was the straw that broke the camel's back. I think that was the best way to describe Rapture on the way up, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I got caught out a little bit with the tunnels. So I was thinking, my God, we haven't hit the tunnels yet. You know, the small tunnels that we went under on the way down um because they were gone on the way up they were i kept looking for them and i was like where are they and then i just realized they're gone like they got trampled through so i was thinking we were further back because i hadn't met the tunnels yet you know and that wasn't yeah. helping me at all i was no. like oh, shit <laughs> um but like a mirage you thought it was never going to happen and all of a sudden oh my god is that the tower Mm -hmm. it just come out of the blue then and all of a sudden it's like what um and then it was a bit of motive just shows you how your mind mentally changes doesn't it Mm -hmm. because you're around the corner um suffering trying to grab every ounce of energy that you've got um i started throwing sugar i was like stop it (laughs) you're eating two cliff box you don't need to eat three packets of them i go that's not going to get you up here it's just stop feeling sorry for yourself and keep moving yeah. Uh, but as soon as you see the tower, um, the motivation kicks back in again, doesn't it? Yeah, it, uh, it does. It does. It was nice to see the tower and just to know like the end of this is in sight. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a beautiful sight to see after that insane climb. Um, cause it felt like it was never going to show up. Like you kept looking up and you're just like, nope, there's still more thorns and trees and no tower to be seen. <laughs> and then there it is. Um, but going up yeah. the tower, how was the legs? Oh, uh, legs were okay. I, you know, honestly, I, it was very interesting when I got towards the last, I don't know, 10th of a mile towards the top of Rat Jaw, I started feeling very emotional. Like it all, it all kind of hit me. I think there's a picture that, um, the photographer Misty got, um, that she posted and it's my face when I could tell that I was at the very top and I was about to come over and I, it all really just sunk in when I summited over the top of it. And I took just a few seconds to shake it out and like look up and I started to cry a little bit <laughs> because I was so thankful it was done. And I also knew like I just completed something that was the most difficult thing I've ever done. And it all just, it was, I was overwhelmed with emotion and I hustled up to the fire tower and there's tears still streaming down my face. So if anybody passed me there, they're like, oh, the girl's crying. <laughs> um, got my big bib punch, didn't waste any time and just kept going, kept on going down. So, so you knew at that stage when you got back to Tub Springs, um, you knew that you were in for a good chance of making mm-hmm. the decision point. Your time there was 10.31. Um, 29 you'd actually gained 22 minutes on Brian believe it or not from the 
wow. prison going up to that point. So he was 28 minutes ahead. So you, you clawed back 22 minutes. He was only six minutes ahead of you at um, Tub Springs. I had... <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I definitely didn't claw any time back. I was eleven twenty nine and forty one with an eleven thirty cutoff. So, um, but it's it was as soon as I crossed the line, that was all the pressure off me because I was like, I've got a marathon finish now, which is quite simple from that time on down. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, you got four miles. It really is a, a sort of a victory stroll down after that because you knew you weren't going to make the decision point. Um, what time did you make the decision point? Um, I think I had about 13 minutes to go because I, I, I remember hearing them hollering 15 minutes to cut off uh, when we were coming up out of the woods. Um, so I, I felt pretty good that I had a bank of 12 minutes, which I had. <laughs> I had no yeah, idea. So I do um, have, I've got your time here, actually. I didn't realize that was the decision point time. So you were in at 11, 17, 57. Brian was in at 11, 17, 25. That's why I asked, did you meet him? So you had really <laughs> caught up with him. You, you were like a demon coming down here now at this stage. Um, I was surprised at how much I had left in my legs coming down um, down the switchbacks and stuff. I I was shook. I was like, okay, still got it there. So Because you'd, you'd overcome. It. It, was, it was this big like resistor um, rat jaw that you had to come through and use all your energy and strangely, mm-hmm. after that, you, it was a nice temperature as well. as a lot of downhill. Um, suffering was removed all of a sudden, which made you feel yeah. good, I think. And that allowed yeah. you to get a bit of a flow to go down that. That's the way um, I had felt. And I think a lot of people did as well coming down that. Um, so 12 minutes and three seconds to go. Did you have any strategy coming in, sitting, thinking, you know, I need to be there at this sort of time? Um, coming into decision point. No, I just wanted to make it obviously before the cutoff and when the decision would be taken away from me. Um, and so I was just thankful that I had a a bit banked and, um, (laughs) I made another mistake at decision point where I thought I needed more water than I, uh, actually needed, which Radra will convince you of that because you're just (laughs) drinking all the water. It's the only thing you can do. And so I had the, um, one of the volunteers fill up my bladder and I really didn't need that extra weight. And I ended up not needing that extra water. Um, and it took up extra time to get it filled. So I wouldn't do that in the future. Um, but I was just nervous about what the rest would hold. So, and then they had a Coca-Cola there that they're like, do you want this Coca-Cola? And I was like, hell yeah. I ran over there and grabbed that. So I'm like running and drinking soda, like spilling it on myself. I was like, I need this. You were having a party Um, at the decision point. I've made it. I was, I was still, I was like doing like a soda dance. Like, yeah, I got some caffeine. Like, hell yeah. Um, and another runner, I was going to throw out uh, the soda. I started dumping it a little bit. And this is probably not great for, you know, post-COVID stuff. He's like, hey, 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 let me have that. And I was like, you want this? So I gave him like my third of the soda left. And I was like shocked that he would want this backwash soda. But I, I gave it to him and said, please throw it away. And so, um, yeah, I don't know if that counts as giving aid, but <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's cool. Like, so... I obviously didn't experience the last loop. So how was that for you? Um, longer than expected. <laughs> um, the climb back up was, uh, yeah, it, I mean, we had to power hike it. There was no running mm. of it. Like the 15 or 16 switchbacks up to the top. 
And so I grabbed a couple sticks and I used them as my poles and just tried to just haul ass up there and not, you know, power hike in a quick manner. Um, so we get to the climb, top though, and my friend it? Jacqueline actually, what's it was that? A big, it was a big climb back up though. It was, yeah, 15, I think, or 16 switchbacks, something like that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then we get up to the top and my I hear my name like being yelled and my friend Jacqueline is like one switchback behind me and she caught up with me and I was like, Jacqueline! So that was a huge uh, boost to have a friend to, to finish it with. And so her and I just took off at the top and we ran along like it was straight for so long. We kept We kept saying, we got to descend soon. Like there's no way we have to start going back down this mountain. And we just ran what for, for what felt like forever until it started to go down. And, uh, we, uh, some people, we ran with different people at various spots who, uh, that they would pass us or they would fall back. And, um, it was just really nice to have someone to talk with about our experience of the day and just to run with. And so it's getting dark, um, headlamps go on, as I'm actually, I turned mine on as I was coming back into the campground area. I just was preemptive. I was like, I'm just gonna turn it on now so I don't have to mess with it later. And uh, we definitely needed them as we started making the way back down, but it just went on forever. Um, you pop out into the section of the woods, it's not very well marked, and you and it's dark, so you have to like really pay attention for the white um, blazes. And you know, we just just uh, found out. I said, like, oh, wait, okay, there, we got to go. Um, and I think other people have talked about this, but then you pop out on this Jeep road and you think it's, there's a sign that says one mile to go. So, you know, it's probably more like two or three. And <laughs> we're just going down this Jeep road and my legs at this point are over it. Like the another dissension, like they're just not having it. And so they start to kind of lock up a little bit. And so I'm doing this weird, like shuffle jog down. My toe is it's still purple. It's just banging into the front of my shoe and it's throbbing with each step. Like it's just over it. I'm like, I'm probably going to have a toenail missing when I take off my shoe. And so we go down that we almost miss, like, it's so dark. We almost missed the turn, but we got it. And um, that's when the absolute terror sets in. Like coming down the Jeep road when we first got in, I was pretty confident. I was like, we got this. Like she was like, if we finish, I'm like, no, when we finish. And when I realized that we had probably another mile to go when you turn in back into the woods onto the single track, terror set in. <laughs> I, I told Jacqueline, cause she's, She's faster than me. I was like, Jacqueline, go. Like, don't wait for me. I want you to, I want you to finish. I want you to give it to all. I don't want you to be held up by me. And so she went, she, her and I split at that point. She went ahead a little bit. Like I said, she finished a minute before me. Um, and at this point, the headlamp is, is bobbing. So I'm holding it with one hand because it's disorienting when the light is just bouncing in this dark woods and you're you're spent all the energy is gone you're starting to feel like a little delirious like the shadows are playing tricks on you you know that you have barely any time left so you got to put the hammer down and it all just just like compounded in this big ball of anxiety and i verbally had to tell myself just keep going go go you got this it's okay go go you're almost there like and I just was trying my best to run. And I did all of it. There's one tiny little climb 
left and I literally like cursed Laz. I was like, oh God, like things I can't <laughs> say on this podcast. <laughs> and I had to power hike up this hill and it was nothing. It was maybe, maybe a tenth, not even a tenth, maybe 0.05, but just enough to where I had to hike it. And it got in my mind so bad. And then right after that, I heard the bombs going off for the five minute warning. And I, I have not that. felt not felt this level of panic in a long time and I just people were flying by me I'm one of them must have been Brian and uh you know there um there's another runner who was right in front of me right right in front of me and I want to say he made it because I think I was the first DNF finisher I'm it was unless seconds, I'm wrong I, was there no, one other person who didn't no, make it I think um, yeah. Brian, Brian was just ahead of you okay so he went, he even hopped at the finish line. He's, I saw his video and I was like, oh my God, that dude had a hop left in him. But if I finished in time, I probably would have had a hop left in me too. So I'm coming around the corner and I can hear, uh, shockingly, I'm not tripping. I don't know how, cause I can barely see. And I'm too freaked out to like, even really be able to like process what's under my feet. And I see a volunteer and he's like, go, you have a minute left. Go, go. Like you have to go. And I said, I'm trying. (laughs) And I can't believe that I had it left in me to sprint. Like we crossed this little tiny Creek and I can see the finish line and I dug deep and I somehow was able to sprint. And I, I think I'm like, Oh my God, I have seconds left and I'm coming up on the, uh, you know, up on the finish line and I see it and it's 13, 20 and it posts and it's like three, four, five, six. And oh, I hit it at 13, 2009. <laughs> and <laughs> it was such a blending of feelings, like such relief to be finished. And some pride that I had done the whole course and gave it my best, but in the moment, such crushing, like such a crushing feeling of sadness and just, I I couldn't believe I'd missed it by nine seconds. Like disbelief, honestly, I, I said, oh my God, I can't believe this. And I I won't lie. <laughs> I had to walk it off. Like my friend DC, she, she grabbed me in a huge bear hug and she's crying and I'm crying. And she's like, you did it. You finished it. That's all that matters. You did it. And I was like, nine seconds. I just kept repeating nine seconds. And she's like, but you finished it. And I said, I just need a moment. And I walked off and had a little, little titty baby cry. (laughs) And, uh, and I walked back and people were like, giving me their condolences and kudos and it it just was an overwhelming what an overwhelming emotional. emotions in general it was incredible the sound of the crowd when they realized i missed it the o's and oh no she missed it was like just something to hear it was it was terrible and wonderful at the same time and i wouldn't wanted to have come in any different like i'd rather have missed it by nine seconds than missed it by an, an hour like uh, it was. So I, I would. I would um, rather have missed it by nine seconds than finished the marathon. You know, I didn't even make the ch- the decision point. You know, the race was over at that point, and you have to yeah. walk that down. So, even though we finished, um, we didn't get a DNF. We didn't like. You know, we didn't get. To, it was a fifty k race, and it's a nice thing to do. Yay! For, for those people that don't know, they think you're great because <laughs> you finished the Barkley Marathon. Well, actually, we're there to do the 50K. Um, it's like you are an hour ahead of me. It's so unfair, but at the same time, it's class. 
you know, it's that whole last thing. And if you don't make the cutoffs or anything, you still have to finish the course. If you don't cross that finish line in 13.20, you still have to get down there. and fit. You, do, you still have to complete it. Um, I think that you would get more. I'm sure most ultra runners will agree with that. You get more out of actually being a few seconds behind and being a few seconds ahead. Because that closes the door to that triumph, doesn't it? Where mm -hmm. without a doubt, um, being a couple of seconds behind makes you come out a lot stronger than when you came into that race. But what a, what a flood of emotion, though, from the start of Ratjaw through each of those sections to the top of the Ratjaw, to the top of the tower, to the decision point, all that climbing up on that last loop, coming down, here in the five minute, it's like an emotional washing machine. It's like foam, 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 isn't it? Like it's all highs, <laughs> yeah. lows, twisting round, inside out. And like that, that's just typical of Laz, isn't it? <laughs> it's exactly what he It's what like he nothing I've ever experienced. Yeah. Like I've done some pretty epic races and, um, you know, but all the factors that he puts in to make this race what it is and what you end up experiencing out there is what makes it worth doing and sets it apart from anything I've ever done before. Like not having GPS, not being allowed trekking poles, not being allowed drop bags, not knowing all the unknowns of it and the just roller coaster of emotions is it sets it apart. It's in and of itself. It's just its own beast. It's incredible. <laughs> the worry is that it's addictive. That's the worry. Um, oh, <laughs> we don't want it to be that, especially I'm coming from Ireland as well. Like, so I don't want it to be, I don't want it to be addictive, but you're seven hours different. So how far is it? Um, the journey for yourself? Um, it's a two hour flight to Nashville and then an hour and a half hour, 40 minutes to drive out there. So people put a lot of effort in, don't they like to get to this madness that we just described. Yeah. Um, there's something about the best stories are the stories where people suffer and they hallucinate and they trip over and they fall off the cliff. And that's, that's the interesting stories <laughs> that people want to hear. Um, not uh, everything was a bed of roses and it was fantastic. Not that it will be like for anybody. In he this was so type close though to not making it, you know, and uh, oh. to have finished with another St. Louis runner. Um, there was apparently several of us that finished within a few minutes. And that's you kind of odd with such a huge field. Believe I was at the finish line because what an exciting time to be in, at the finish line, you know, at 13 hours and 10 minutes. And I was so surprised how many people were finishing um but on reflection when you think about it obviously they're pushed against the time so they were digging deep into their souls to try and get over that time um, and yeah. there's a wave of people and the excitement you know you would see the head torch appear in the forest and they come down the finishing shoot and you're like is that it no 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 there's another head torch there's another head torch you've got two minutes they've got two minutes and that person would come across the line you're almost hoping now at this point you don't see another head torch oh, and then you're like yeah. I remember the moment seeing your head torch going, shit, there's another head torch. It's like there's somebody still in the cave. You need to go in and get them. <laughs> and they were running <laughs> down and you didn't know whether you were going to make it or not. And it was mm -hmm. like, all of a sudden this exciting buzz and seeing you come over and the photograph that somebody took is absolutely fantastic. Cause they really, you couldn't have captured it. That's going to be one of your best race photos for life. Like, cause only, you know, the emotion that went through um yeah as you were crossing that finish line 
nine seconds. It really kept. That's an incredible picture. I I saw it and I it actually brought tears to my eyes again because it captured it perfectly, perfectly. Yeah. Like just the the drop, like the heart just dropping and just knowing, like all of that. It wasn't for nothing, but to know that I've missed it in such a short period was. Oh, such a gut punch. And she got that picture perfect. I mean, it was incredible. She's great. (laughs) I'm so glad they were out there that day. Um, Um, So congratulations on your DNF. Thank you. You've got unfinished (laughs) business. Laz has to let you in next year. You know he's going to do it because it's all about the fight. It's all about coming back. Um, So I can't see any way that it's not going to happen. Um, but fantastic story like uh, that's it really I suppose <laughs> I can't wait until next year fingers crossed I'm going to be there as well fit and ready um, I know I need to get in there at the decision point with about 15 minutes not 12 <laughs> oh my gosh just go climb the cliffs of Mohair or something and practice I don't, yeah. I don't know what you can do to practice out there in Ireland but Oh, epic. Yeah. Uh, thanks Thank very you much so for your much. time, Christy. Yeah, it was, it was it was epic. I might actually just release this on itself and maybe release the two episodes separately because I, I really enjoyed that. Everybody's <laughs> going to relate to the story. Do you know, everybody was suffering in the, in the same vein and whether or not the cutoff was the finish or was it the marathon cutoff or was it, you know, getting it to the turnaround everybody was getting those moments throughout the race mm-hmm. like shit i've just got to push on here um, and there was loads of those cutoff times were people's finish times uh, were fin- people's finish lines um absolutely amazing race Laz didn't disappoint in any way or form um like you knew you thought you knew what it was going to be about and you weren't far wrong to be honest and then some <laughs> with interest like in typical Laz fashion thanks very much have you got anything have you anything else on the horizon at the minute (laughs) this is such uh such a like fiddly thing i suppose but it's kind of nice not to um to be training for anything at the moment for a little while at least the only race i'm registered for in the foreseeable future is uh hot chocolate 15k here in denver next weekend and uh i'm doing it for the beast pacing group so i i help people reach their goals you know, by trying to meet uh, a certain time. So I'm the 1030 pace group for the 15K. And I am very much looking forward to that road race at a 1030 pace. And that's that's it. I've done pacer a few times, but um, I've got a feeling you're going to be screaming, you can do this, we've only got six seconds left. Come on, push, push, you can do it. Roaring (laughs) at them to get them over the finish line. Fantastic. Um, Christy, thanks very much. I'll edit this and I'll be going out on Friday or Saturday this week, but I'll send you a link as soon as it's ready. Yeah, it was wonderful talking with you. I'll see you at Barclay next year. Um, Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Barclay Fall Class, what what was your background then coming into this? Have you done much racing? Uh, No, I'm pretty pretty inexperienced actually. So I started running, believe it or not, during quarantine. Uh, when quarantine hit, I actually started with hiking and I was hiking with the dogs wow. and I loved hiking. I had forgotten how much I enjoyed being outdoors, but we were constantly going to museums with the kids and we were going, you know, this and that. I always had three or four activities going at once. Once, once the world shut down, yeah, yeah, it, was fantastic. it was like, well, I got to find something to do. So I was, I was out there hiking in the woods for a while. And then my, um, my wife said, well, you know, you were gone for like four hours this morning. 
<laughs> I said, well, yeah, we didn't really have anything going on today. It was Saturday morning. She goes, well, you can't, you can't do that. So then I started <laughs> jogging and then jogging eventually developed into running. And then all of a sudden I'm, I'm running in ultra marathons. And I, I actually have done a bunch of different stuff though, too. So I did, uh, I did the, the BFC and I did a couple of ultras as well. And then I, I did an Ironman and a, um, a, a very, very long kayak race actually along all of Missouri from the Missouri river, from Kansas city to St. Louis. Not since lockdown. Oh yeah. Yeah. All, all since uh, in a way it loosened up enough to where I could do that. But yeah, no, I mean, all of it, you know, within the last year, I think I've done an Ironman, a 340 mile kayak race, the Barkley fall classic, a 50 miler, a marathon. And uh, you know, I'm, Oh, and I tried to do a marathon swim down in Cancun, but that was canceled partway through. So Cancun. if you see my shirt, I actually have the race shirt from the Cancun race that got canceled. It was canceled partway through the race, actually. So they had to take us out of the water and dump us back. It was, it was a mess. But it, every, every race is an experience. That's absolutely crazy that you <laughs> catapulted yourself from going for a few, finding the outdoors again um, during the lockdown to do an Ironman and Barkley Fold Classic and... You sound like you are one of these people who, as most run, ultra runners are, have this real addictive personality <laughs> because it's like, yeah, actually, four-hour hike, that's good. Let's do an Ironman next weekend. That sounds really good. So you got into the BFC. You got into, um, you put your name in the lottery. That must have been exciting when you seen your name pull out. It was very, it was very surprised. I was pleasantly surprised, but I was also like, how, how in the heck did I get in? Because I, I, it was my first time ever entering it. I don't know quite how that whole pro that everything's shrouded in mystery there. So I, I don't know how I made it in, but, but it was pretty exciting to, 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 to see, cause I got pulled almost immediately and every other event I'd done other than the Ironman, I'd signed up very last minute. It was like the last one. And it's like, Oh yeah, I'll do that one. You know, but this one, I was like, all right, we got to come up with a whole plan now. And I've got, you know, eight, nine months to prepare. So. so you had, you knew about eight or nine months ahead of time. And you had a plan in place then? It was, but I, it was also, I knew I needed to train my whole, get my whole body stronger and get much, much stronger mentally, actually. So that's why I ended up signing up for this marathon swim and, uh, and the uh, MR340. And most, most of my lead up races were actually very, very early in the season. So I did a backyard ultra in like March and did about 50 miles there. And then I did the St. Louis marathon in april i think and then it was months and it was my next race was bfc actually coming into the race it sounds like you're in good shape yeah i mean i felt good i was uh healthy no no injuries or anything like that and you know my mileage is is definitely lower than a lot of the ultras people but i i can't you know i kind of came at it from that ironman non-traditional background so a lot of my you know i do i incorporate a lot of swimming actually into my routine my daily routine i I find it, I stretch out and feel better. My whole body feels better after I, if I do a long run, I make sure I mix in a swim there later in the day or the next morning or something like that to kind of strengthen my, you know, strengthen my body up. But I, I also do a lot of elliptical work and a lot of other, you know, biking and, and running as well, just mm. because I'm, I'm constantly worried about the knees and the joints and my legs. I'm like, I want to make sure the muscles in my, you know, I know I can go the distance. I just want to make sure everything's healthy before i before i do that so you yeah, my, my physio that told me the other um, day or um because i'm not i i've actually parked my bike for the last two or three years and i missed that i'm not doing any strength in my legs my physio was telling me he says rob your engine's a lot stronger than your chassis at the minute <laughs> you need to fix that 
<laughs> and he is right because you ha you get you gain this understanding on uh, mental strength as well and how to push on further and push on through it but if your body's not prepared for that you know it's a bit of a car crash which i'm starting to find out over and over again so he's he's right i am going to listen to my physio one of these days i promise um so bfc you lined up to get your map it's pretty exciting for us virgins isn't it like to be there and there's a few people that you notice and, and things like that really hot day and um, the heat is, I don't know what it's like in St. Louis, St. Sorry, where is it? St. Where are you from? St. Louis. St. Louis. St. Louis. Yeah. yeah you, Saint, uh, across the pond, usually St. Louis, but you know. Uh, was there any difference in the weather for you guys? Are you used to that type of temperature? It's, it's a little, it's a little warmer in Tennessee, but I mean, luckily we had, you couldn't ask for much better weather this time of year in, you know, Eastern Tennessee where we were at. I mean, it wasn't too hot and it wasn't it wasn't raining cats and dogs either so that was you know that's about as best as you can hope for that time of year there yeah no way. i didn't find the humidity was too bad but i did look at my water consumption during the, the race and it was it was pretty high it was pretty pretty i think i i think i drank like 12 liters or something like that most of that was spread out queuing up for the map then it's an exciting time i think that's when it starts getting a bit real and you get your map and you know, I opened up the map and it meant nothing to me really, apart from the fact I could see these names that I knew of and <laughs> didn't know which way up to yeah. hold the map or anything at all. We hadn't been there before and experienced what those courses were like. Um, but it was a pretty cool moment, wasn't it? Opening up your map. It was, yeah, it was very, very just a neat, yeah, it was, uh, the whole thing was, was neat. But yeah, looking at the map and going, okay, um, I, I it, luckily, there was a couple other virgins as well at the table I was sitting at and, you know, uh, it, it was kind of nice to be able to, to, to share notes and kind of talk through, okay, we're, what are we doing here? What, why did he put this here? And he had some fun with the map too. I, I noticed, but at least it was rel it was relatively to scale. So that was good. Yeah, it was pretty, um, the course wasn't too bad either. So we pretty much had trail all the way around it as well. And, plenty of people to follow and stuff like that it was only when i found myself on my own i realized there was not arrows at every single junction <laughs> and I, I found myself actually stopping and waiting for a few people i was like mm. coming into the visitor center you were actually 15 minutes ahead of christy so when you've done the warm-up loop how did that go for you that was good the first yeah to the visitor station i felt good i felt you know, strong. And I was, I was, I was very surprised because it was the first time I ever run. Like, I think it was about three miles up that Jeep road. <laughs> like that was, That's what three miles uphill, straight uphill feels like, you know, it was quite a, so how did you manage the switchbacks on the way down? Cause quite crowded as well at times. Yeah. I think I got ahead of most of the conga line. I wasn't up anywhere near the, the kind of elites and stuff like that. But I, I think I, put enough distance between me and kind of the conga line to where I wasn't really running up on anyone. I mean, I passed a few people, a few people passed me, but nothing, nothing major. I mean, it was very, very uneventful, you know, it was as well as I could script the first part of that race. I didn't overrun anything. I felt like I had enough in the tank and, and it just, I, I felt like I was running smooth and strong, but, uh, so it was a nice warm up loop no. for you then hashtag warm up loop. Um, yeah. <laughs> It was nice to get a bit of space on it, though, isn't it? I suppose if you got that. Yeah, yeah, it was nice to kind of get spread out a little bit and, and actually get to enjoy. I get to enjoy some of the downhill. And the first time I actually could see the mountains that we were in near the top of, of, 
of the you know the just looking around and seeing the views of the mountain was was really cool because it was so early it was still relatively early in the morning and this you know was just the right time of day but it's like man I, that may be the only time i really get a good view of the mountains today so better enjoy new, it new, lo- new location as well isn't it? it's a new adventure for us being there so when you get to look around oh, in new yeah. places never, it's, it's always exciting the trail was quite technical there's plenty of sh- you weren't taking your eyes off the trail anyway put it that way no no there really wasn't too much too much time to or too much you know yeah i was pretty focused on on the on the trail and the job at hand at that point because it, it was hours and hours to go right so at this point you are you are focused purely on getting to that decision point that's what your goal is before the cutoff yes oh yeah no it, uh, yeah the whole you know and i knew I knew knowing me that if I made it there, even with a minute to spare, I was going to go for it anyway. So I was like, whatever, whatever time I can make to get there beforehand is, is good. When we came down the trail just before that, um, did you jump the gate? I did not, but I didn't even know that. See, I didn't even know that was a tradition. <laughs> so I had no idea that you were supposed to even jump the gate. So I had no, no, no I walked, I walked around the gate. And that was like, I was telling someone, I was like, that's the one reason why I would like to go back is, is so I can jump that gate. Cause I didn't get, that's the one thing I, I know that apparently it was a thing and I didn't know about. So, but no, I walked, I walked, I walked around the gate. So um, I, I actually, ran around the gate. I didn't know about either, obviously being a virgin to it the first time and everyone's going, jump the gate, jump the gate. And I was coming down the trail and a little voice in my head was saying, Robbie, do not jump the gate. Do not <laughs> jump the gate. So I held onto the pillar and I saw a half pole voted over the gate. And as soon as my feet hit the concrete, like everyone was like, yeah, it's just going over it. My two calves just cramped solid. And I was like, Ugh! and you could hear oh. the, you could hear the crowd go, yay. Ooh. <laughs> and then somebody goes, I bet he wish he didn't jump the gate. And the little voice went, I told you not to jump the gate, Robbie. <laughs> so, well, did salt- you take a salt tab or what did you do? Did you have to did you stop and rub out the, the cramp or, to be- you know? It, it just, I actually was thinking, oh shit, um, that could be my event over. But I, after about 50 yards, it eased off on both of them. It was, oh, it actually was good. fatigue at that stage for me, to be honest. Um, I had done UTMB, 80K UTMB about three weeks before it. And I remember putting my <laughs> luggage um, up on top of the cupboard when I came home and the same area where it cramped, went into cramp that day. You know, it was about a week after the event. Um, so just a lack of care, really, I suppose, more than anything else. But I did have cramp issues on my quads through the event, but salts did seem to sort that out, like because there was a lot of water. Yeah, I, I, I'd never taken salt tabs at all, and uh, there was a friend of friend of mine from St. Louis that had actually raced raced this course several times and done very very well. I think he finished in near the top ten actually a few times. Uh, Brandon Vaughn, uh, he actually recommended. The salt tabs and my hat is i'm internally grateful to him because i had to take three and i was still fighting off cramps most of the day i mean it was just those those mountains are no joke yeah 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 <laughs> they, were, they were something else you put your legs under a lot of effort with that amount of climbing you know even even like tw- it was it's the type of terrain as well so it's it's I'm a mountain guide. That's what my job is. My full-time job, I'm a mountain guide and do a lot of elevation, a lot of hiking. Um, and we have a lot of events here back at home. You know, we do like 18 miles over 8,000 feet of climbing or 
and we have a, mo- a thing called the Mourne Wall, which got 10,000 feet over 20 miles. But there's something about this, like 50K or the marathon distance over that 12, 13, 14,000 feet of elevation. I can do events that have that distance and have that elevation with no issues, <laughs> but it's not <laughs> the same terrain. You know, because I see we didn't have all the Strava guys out there. Um, you know, how far was this and how, and I was like, oh, so different. Like, cause I was struggling halfway through that, that event in a way that I felt I shouldn't be based on the distance and the elevation. Um, even the warm up loop, to be honest, I, I was struggling with that, but the heat was a big thing for us at the minute outside it's 10, 12 degrees Celsius. Um, I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. So it's, it's not really warm over here at all like so the heat really did get us i think i took like 10 salt salt tabs to be honest and my last two were at the bottom of rat jaw i was like bang two more (laughs) i was like because i knew it was downhill after that so i was safe so save two just for that um (laughs) maybe maybe i overdosed on salt i'm not sure not too sure like but we got to tub tub springs then we didn't did you have the course pretty well rehearsed by then did you know where you were where you were going to I knew where I was on the map, but it was, you know, even if I, you know, the problem was I'd never been to the, I'd never been to frozen head before. I mean, we got, we got the, my, my, we did a whole family trip. So, so my wife and my, my two girls came with us and we got there a day early. We went to the football game and supported nice. the, the Coalfield high school boys, which is awesome. Because they were, they were the aid station crew right yeah, on Saturday. Uh, but um, I didn't know. I didn't know any of the I didn't know any of the elevation stuff like that. And I was like, I can study maps of Frozen Head all I want, but if he's going to change the course up every year anyway, what I what I had to just prepare myself for is 13 hours and 20 minutes of, of hell, basically. And that's that's the way I approached it. I said, you can basically throw whatever you want at me for 13 hours and 20 minutes, because believe it or not, my Ironman time was like 13 hours and eight minutes. Brilliant. So it was almost exactly, you know, it was, I was like, I know I can do that for that amount of time. It's just a matter of, you know, how hilly or how tough it's going to be and whether where I'm at at the course at that point, because if I, if I haven't made it at that point, then I, then I can actually start walking because at that point it's just a DNF, right? You know, so. It's funny you say that. Somewhat of a you just, you just made, you just helped me to reflect on my Ironman, you know, in the walk, it was 36 degrees when I'd done it, which is really warm for me. I don't know why I'm doing these races in the heat, but, <laughs> and like when I, there was elite athletes just dropping all around on the run. And I thought, no, I need to finish this. I've got my little kids sitting watching me. <laughs> They're hero dad. I need to finish this. So I went to a walk run. And even though it's around 13 hours and you're feeling sorry for yourself a bit and you're pushing on through. The problem with the Barclay Fall Classic is when you're feeling like that, you have to look up <laughs> half a mile vertical thinking shit. So it's different than just about keeping going, isn't it? You have to dig deep and find this energy that's going to pull you up, let alone move you forward. Yeah. Well, I, it was easier to just break it down to the next step or bear, or actually, a lot of bear crawling actually on, on Ratchaw, coming up Ratchaw, but but just try, yeah, just trying to maintain forward momentum and just trying to keep, you know, knowing full well that at some point the mountain can't go on forever. You know, it's, it's you know, it might go on for 3,200, 3,300 feet, but at some point it, it has to end. So uh, I sort of lost hope that it was going to end at one stage. Um, but it seems <laughs> to be 
especially for virgins as well it was pretty exciting you know because you get you get into rat jaw and you're coming down rat jaw it's never going to be gruesome coming down there you're on rat jaw you know you've seen the videos you've heard all about it um it was quite a good energy being on rat jaw coming down especially the front runners that cleared the path for us on the way down um and even yes they, 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 were, they were the heroes of the race right there the ones that cut the cut the path through because those briars they don't look that way in the spring in, in yeah. the fall they're they're i mean they're above you know some of them are above my head i'm like holy cow this is but it, yeah it's, it's much easier going down retro than up but it's also that's where the it really starts bugging you on the course though because you're like i'm going downhill so i'm losing elevation but I'm, I'm losing time too, cause I'm going downhill, but I'm not, I'm go, going down like a crawl almost, you know, it's, you're going down so slow and you're like more and more time. You're thinking in your head, I'm, I'm eating all my, my, my cushion away that I, I built up through the visitor center. Well, that, that's it. Amazing no, I, how quickly. It's funny you should say that, like, cause I don't think there is a cushion, <laughs> you know, you, you have, when you're a virgin going into it, <laughs> you think you have this cushion sort of built up. Cause I had an hour and a half, which was making me, not relaxed, obviously, um, but I did spend more time at the aid stations than I wanted to because of my cushion that I had. Um, I felt like I needed to. It's not that I was like I was unpacking my bag and resetting all the sh- the mess that I'd made behind me and going again. But um, you have this cushion, so <laughs> I think somebody put po- put a post up on under one of my posts on BFC site and said, "Oh, that was a rookie mistake <laughs> thinking you had a cushion." Um, but coming down Rat Jaw. It was pretty cool then going into the prison once you come off rat jaw it was i mean rat jaw was once you got yeah uh, rat jaw was just so steep though i mean geez please i mean it's i remember well it was funny though but ignor- ignorance is bliss though on rat jaw right because i didn't know any better on going down because i'd never been on hills that steep before so i go why don't i just go down like i'm rep- backwards so I actually went to, I actually kind of crawled backwards which was much more much much more effective for me because all the rocks and stuff like that they were kind of going into my gloves instead of my shoes so that was so, that was that was very nice actually that's so, known now as the Brian the, Muller the, the Brian Muller technique <laughs> crawl down right your backwards <laughs> so what was the experience I kind like? of like crawl like imagine like they're crawling backwards down rat jaw like like quickly almost like you were like repelling but just you're you're going backwards rather than forwards because my quads were hurting and I was getting all these rocks and stuff in my shoes. So I was like, I gotta think of something better here. So that's what that's what I ended up doing. And then of course I got lost coming down Ratchaw. The only time I took a wrong turn was at the bottom of Ratchaw, but I wasn't the only one. There was probably ten or fifteen of us that we just yeah. missed the last turn to get down the last little slope down Ratchaw and luckily it was maybe 0.1 you know 0.2 miles out of the way it wasn't anything you know insurmountable but you know like you said every every second counts and starts going into your head but once you actually got down to the prison you're like all right this this is really cool actually i actually thought the prison was the the most beautiful part of the course actually yeah it was Um, cool seeing that the because the building's kind of like built in a cross and that stone building and stuff like that that the prisoners actually made but it was very, it was, that was the most picturesque scene was like seeing the prison and then the hills behind it was just really breathtaking to me. And then being able to go underneath it was, was, was very cool too. But my shoes got pretty wet going through it the first time. It's funny. Um, by the time 
you come to the bottom of Rat Jaw, the people that you were with, you're starting to bond with by the time you get there <laughs> because you sort of start with them at the top, oh. don't you? And by the time you come down, yeah. um, you've been through some sort of ordeal and you've started to bond. And when you come to that point you were talking about, you either go left or right. It's a bit of a shock because your mind is so focused on getting down that, that steepest descent. We were wondering, there was four of us, do we go left or do we go right here? And I said, oh, so two went right and two went left. And I was going, no, this isn't right. We're going away from the prison. It has to be the other way. But anyway, coming into the jail, and as you, as you said, it's just weird, wasn't it? It was just exciting buzz at that stage. Um, but the heat was deadly. It was very, very cool. Very cool. And it was exciting, too, because at that point I was like, I've made it farther than James Earl Ray, you know, and his escape. I, you know, that was a big thing for me. I was like, without question, I've made it farther than he made it in 54 hours. So that I can, I can go home with my head held high. But, but the, the, the tunnel was very cool, but it was, um, my feet got wet at the very end of the tunnel. I was all excited because it was like 80% of the tunnel, your feet are dry. And then at the very end, it was like just wet enough to, 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 to get your whole foot wet. Luckily, on the way back, I remembered it, and I did. I stuck. I, I, I basically kind of rock climbed across the sidewall to keep my feet dry in that one section, and then I hopped back down, which was a lifesaver going back up Bradshaw and that stuff. But, but it was, it was. I was lucky to actually be able to hang onto the wall and kind of climb across the wall, the sidewall of that that tunnel to keep Brian my Muller dry is because that would have been Brian Muller is Spider Man. He's Spider Man down Rat Joy, Spider Man through the tunnel. <laughs> I actually you see when we started after the warm up loop, um there was like a a crew sitting next to the river. I actually went walked down to them, got into the water right up to my chest. We did. Shoe, I'm my shoes. How was the water? Was it? Oh, it was fantastic. Nice. It was so good. It just refreshed yeah. my legs. But I left my shoes and socks on, so I wouldn't even. I got them right up to my <laughs> chest, and thought this is absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Like, um, that's why I like wearing the speedgoats and the dry max socks, because um, then you can run all day after it. And so I actually liked. I was looking for as much water as possible going through the tunnel, because I, I think it cools. The, <laughs> it cools the feet down. So different strategy there. Um, very warm outside wasn't it around the prison and coming on out to the next checkpoint because this is where the event is isn't it really from the start of yeah. start of rat jaw to the out and back and to the top of rat jaw that's really that's where the pain starts and sort of finishes uh, yeah he leia has definitely designed that course to be as tough as possible in the worst parts possible because the worst part for me worst part of any race doesn't matter how long the race is is that 60 to 80% of the way done. And right in that section was Ratjaw, uh, what are, the big rat or whatever they call it, and then testicle spectacle and meth lab, all in that one section. And of course, the only you know reprieve you get from that is the prison. But of course, the prison has all that blacktop that's really, really warm too, coming down that, the, you know, the actual roads. And then you're on roads with, with, with trail running shoes so which i never like i always like yeah. to be in road shoes when i'm on the road and, and you know trail runners on, on the trail but it is it was nice though because the aid stations around the prison were well well stocked and the one you know at the, at the halfway point was was really nice too so i don't even know if it's halfway in at this <laughs> point I'm, everything's a blur but what about meth lab then so you couldn't tell from the map obviously what meth lab what's really like um and it was your first experience of it <laughs> no, 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 nothing prepared you for for, for that 
of course. He's just kind of, I, every time I'm looking up going, how is this a race? Like, this is just, they're just sky running. I mean, you're just going up these mountains that are just so steep. I mean, every, every one of those hills, you just kind of go, or that they're not hills, they're mountains, but they're like, you know, I had to come up with new names for them. Like, I was like, they're, they're tree hugger hills. Cause like, Anytime you found a tree that you could grab onto, you kind of grabbed onto it and held, you know, held your breath for a few minutes and said, okay, I can do this. And not only can I do this, I paid to do this. So, so <laughs> you got to keep going here, you know, you know, you don't want to ride that bus back to, back to the, the, the camp, you right. know, the base camp. So you might as well just keep going here. No but, matter what yeah, happens, lab was, was you can't boat, get on that but. bus. The, the funny thing about meth lab is because I didn't actually shamefully i didn't really study the map that much like i was just going out to enjoy the course it didn't really matter to me i just had to keep on pushing as much as i i could and the scene on the on the map it was giving us 60 minutes so i was sort of stupidly um gauging it on what he's given us an hour on that i'm definitely going to be at the back end of whatever time limit he's got so it's going to take me an hour <laughs> um, that was a real foolish mistake like but um when you came around the corner and you looked up and you see meth lab and there was people climbing a vertical wall at the end of it and you know it <laughs> took you a bit just to even get there and you know there's people grabbing sticks they were grabbing each other they're grabbing whatever they could to try and get to the top of that but i was hoping when i seen that and i know i'm repeating myself here like but that that was testicle spectacle that i was looking at I didn't realize there was meth lab on one side of the hill and Tesco spectacle on the other to my dismay <laughs> when I found out. Oh yeah. yeah it, was pretty, it was pretty disheartening because I saw one of the St. Louis guys coming down meth lab and I, I, it's a, I go, Tim, how much further to the top? He goes, you still got some ops. And I go, it's <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> and then I knew I, I at least knew the testicle was on the other side because you know, one of the one of the, the you know people I've been going over the app with it said yeah testicles on the other side but I didn't have a watch all day so mm -hmm. I had because I knew you weren't allowed GPS so I had my my daughter's watch that could play music so I was thinking I would be able to play music on the watch at some point and that didn't happen but but uh, she had the watch but it wasn't functioning right so I was like all right screw that I'll just stick it in the in the bag but I, I didn't know anything about the race so I thought we were supposed to bring the whistle and the compass with us. So I had those in my, in my bag as well. <laughs> so I was carrying like extra weight for no reason at all. And at that point in the race, I was like cursing myself. I was like, why do I have this, this compass in my bag? And why do I have this, you know, other thing, all this crud in my bag that I can't even use. It was just, it was, I was, I was regretting a lot of life decisions going up meth lab at that point, I think. Yeah, like signing you know, on to the so. race. <laughs> um, going down testicle spectacle then how, how were the legs feeling at that point? Uh, they were, they were doing well. I mean, at that point I was, I was maintaining decent pace and, and, and going, going well. I mean, it was, it was not, um, you know, it was everything I expected to be and more, but uh, luckily I, I was like, my quads feel okay. I was like, I got to do, I got to do it all over again. So don't, you know, don't blow anything, you know, blow up here, but keep, keep moving. And I, I did. And, but I was really looking forward to pizza because they kept saying there's pizza and soda at the, at the aid station. Well, by the time I got there, I didn't want to get my hopes up too much, but by the time I got there, the pizza was all gone, but they still had soda, which was, which was a big deal. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, 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 John Kelly was, was doing the bib punches there, Fantastic. which I felt, 
I felt ashamed because I was so close to the edge too. Uh, someone had a believe thing. So I go, holy crap, you're, you're Jim Kelly. And he goes, no, no, I'm John Kelly. And I go, oh, that's right. That's right. But I'd seen the, the Buffalo Bills thing. Jim Kelly played for the, right. the Buffalo Bills and American football over here for years. He's like a big, you know, big football player. I go, hey, Jim, you know. So I, I, and it, when you talk about like regrets from the race and places that you could have made up time, I think I regretted getting John's name wrong and then staying an extra 10, 15 seconds to apologize to John about the name. Like he didn't care. He, he was very, very, he was the nicest guy in the world. You know, he came out there and it was, you know, he, he didn't mind it. He was very, he was very, very gracious and stuff like that. He did, you know, he goes, he goes, you can get yeah, your own name wrong at that those. stage. You know, as he, he gets it, like you can get your own name wrong at that <laughs> stage. Like when the fatigue's setting in, I spent about 15 minutes at that at that um oh did you really yeah, no i was, was a huge um, mistake I, I i turned it i think i spent about i i was probably there about five minutes that was probably my longest one but i had to get rock some rocks and stuff out of my shoe and i wanted i i wanted to take advantage of the soda there because the the coca-cola was like it was like manna from heaven at that point yeah, i mean it was fantastic. just you know glorious to to have anything that reminded me of something saying i was so sick of sword and just plain water at that point that i would have drank in turpentine i would have thought it was the best thing in the world but but it uh, does it was, it coke, was cool. coke does yeah. really give you a boost like you know i i, I took shamefully i took three cups so i said Woo-hoo! <laughs> oh, <laughs> i had enough to, to fuel me to for the rest of the event um it was funny when you I were coming down test it was funny when you were coming down Sorry, testicle spectacle um, seeing the people coming up because you were thinking to yourself yeah. how the hell like because they didn't even know where to grab or anything there wasn't even any roots or anything and you can just see them hanging on to it and hanging on to pure death i'm sure we actually must have be crossed each other at that, at that stage as well um well <laughs> I, I crossed christy coming back up testicle actually so she i was going up and christy was coming down and I, I, I didn't, I remembered her face and I was like, oh, okay. And, uh, but she must've really picked it up or I must've s- slowed down at some point. Cause she made a furious comeback to even get back to where, you know, cause I thought I was fairly far ahead. I, I imagine I was probably 10 minutes ahead of her, maybe 15 at that point. Yeah. But, um, you had, a, you so had 11 yeah, minutes, slow 11 yeah. minutes ahead of her at the turn. Um, when you, yeah, when you, when you came across the turn, you were 11 minutes ahead. When you got to the prison, you were actually twenty-four minutes ahead. So you would really you re, you gained a lot of time on her at, at that stage. <laughs> I I lost it someplace else though, so I don't. Uh, yeah. Or, or she was just she was just a furious. She had a furious comeback. I mean, she, my head's off to her. I mean, she she ran her she ran a a great race. When you when you said um, you lost there. it somewhere, I know exactly where you lost it. <laughs> so do you. It's where we all lost it. I did. Is it Ratchaw? Oh, yeah. Ratchaw. Yeah. So talk me talk me through your experience there, because I I was listen I was I was getting it tough like, but I wasn't. I felt great. I just didn't have um, the strength in my legs until I got to bloody Ratchaw. You know, it's just and same when um when we interviewed Christy, she was having a great fun time. And it was great to hear oh. her experience on Rat Jaw. When she hit Rat Jaw, then everything sort of changed, you know. <laughs> and I, I, it can't be any different from any for anybody else. Like, so talk me through your experience of, um, like, you're you're standing there. You've just come through the prison. You've got these 
couple of planks going over to the start of Big Rat, as they call it. And you don't even know where to start, really, do you? Because <laughs> you're looking at it going, how do I even start to climb this thing? <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... It's it's quite a it's quite a hill, but um, I you know I I just kind of I just kind of viewed it as I'm gonna I'm gonna try and if, even if I have to take small steps I'll take small steps as long as I'm moving forward just keep throwing myself up the hill and a lot of bear crawling a lot of arm stuff and luckily luckily my arms were pretty strong that was the one thing is i probably overworked i probably overtrained my arms and my core for that like in retrospect i would have done more running specific training rather than whole body and, and kind of core training but my core was pretty strong so i felt pretty good but even going back up red jaw was just brutal i mean i don't know there was definitely several times there where i had to i had to just kind of sit down in the grass and just kind of smile and just you know i I can't, I can't believe this is a race, you know, <laughs> I can't believe we're going off fat jog. And there were, luckily there was a guy I was running with actually from, from across the pond, actually, um, uh, Greg, uh, uh, Deuce, he had a tattoo on his calf and it said TCB. So taking care of business. And I just thought it was the funniest thing. I wanted to keep pace with him just because that was keeping me motivated. And it was the smallest thing in the world to a see mantra. a tattoo that's a TCB. But it was it was enough to be like, all right, you got to take care of business here. You, you once you get up Ratchaw, there there may be another uphill, but it's all on trail that point. And the off trail stuff was just so brutal to me. I I, I did fine and on the stuff that was on trail. The off trail stuff, I just hemorrhaged time everywhere. It was just crazy. It was crazy how how slow I was, you know, coming up that that off trail stuff. But it was. It was nothing. There's nothing. I experienced nothing like it before. It was just totally virgin territory for me. Yeah, but core, oh. core obviously did help though. You know, in your sort of background and that, and understanding your body, because obviously in wrestling, core is a big thing as well, isn't it? So having that knowledge and how to work your core for something like that, it's apart. There's a lot of mind over matter going on there as well, because I know I hadn't been racing in a couple of years, and it was my first time back, so I hadn't got to exercise those demons. I was so no. frustrated for myself because I was just feeling sorry for myself and that was it. You know, because I was moving for the first half and then the second half, that one, that first moment I sat down gave me that little bit of comfort that I didn't really need at that moment in time. So then it was crawl on a bit more yeah. and then take another seat. Um, but all the the four of us going back up, we seemed to work in groups of four going up and down right job, but um, <laughs> they were all doing it and it caused me to do it. So then we were all just feeling sorry for each other as well, like which you don't want to have a pity party halfway up Brat Jaw. You need quite the opposite than that. Um, but for some strange reason, like if I was to able to go back and do one more bit and be back in that same place, it would definitely be Rat Jaw for me going back up. And that's the real strange thing about human suffering and that innate feeling of ah. Oh, you know, I, I was a lot weaker than I should have been in my head. Um, and I look forward to getting back to that place. I'm actually really excited. I'm fingers crossed. I was thinking about it today. Um, I actually went for a, a small mountain run today. And I was thinking to myself, geez, I really, really hope I get into this race next year. You know, I'd be so excited <laughs> to get back into this. Like, what? what is it? What is it about us I, that has that? I don't know. 
I don't know. It's, it's some something something was wired some you know wrong or, or right in your brain, I guess, to to want that kind of suffering. But but I but didn't. Was, don't forget now. Was, I did. I I didn't make it to the decision point. So unfinished business draws you back. Do you know what I mean? So those those weak moments that you had and you knew you could have been stronger. Um, and because it's unfinished business, that's what the draw is for me, and that's what's ex- sort of exciting yeah. me. So. Christy actually caught you back at Tub Springs. You, she went from twenty-four minutes behind to six minutes. So she, she really was pushing on. So she gained what was that, eighteen minutes back on you from Ratjaw from the prison up Ratjaw. Um, yeah, so I she, she, she wasn't that far behind you. So when you actually came to the decision point, you came in in eleven hours seventeen minutes and 25 seconds she came in at 11 hours 17 minutes and 57 seconds (laughs) so she was actually she gone from 24 minutes to 30 seconds behind you at the decision point um (laughs) that's just mind-blowing isn't it like that's um when you think of what the final result is which we're going to get to now it's it's that's how close this race can be yeah and i was I, I, you know, if if I were to do it over again, it was all. I mean, I lost a ton of time on that off trail stuff just because I, I didn't know how to even train for it. You know, I don't know how you how you go about doing it, but yeah, I knew when I remember like looking at it because just from where she was at a testicle to where I ended up, I was like, how did she even bridge that gap? But but I was I was very slow coming up Ratchaw, and I know. Even I got I got to the top of Ratchaw and I I, I lay down uh, on the ground and then, and then one of the guys goes you know there's chiggers on the ground there and I go so it was like I laid down for like five seconds I was like all right time to get up go again but but yeah no I I was lucky to make so I I actually don't know how much time I had to make it before the decision point before it would get cut off I I, I thought it was like 15 minutes but it, I guess it was even closer than that yeah, right 13 minutes. Well, 12 and a half minutes you had. So it was tight. Okay. Tight so. enough. Like, um, but you were focused on getting to that decision point the whole way through. You know, when you're coming into checkpoints, you were making sure you didn't lose much time there. So you weren't really. I just, I didn't, I didn't stop very long at any of the checkpoints. The only thing I, I really had to do at several of the checkpoints was take off my shoes and get rocks and stones and stuff like that out of my shoe. Cause I was like, if I have, if I have blisters or something like that, that's going to prevent me from running. And I, I know I have to be able to run at some point here. So, so that was the only thing that really slowed me down at the aid stations, but, but it was kind of neat because the one before the decision point was, uh, Sandra, uh, Laz's wife was, was, was manning that one. And someone asked her, she goes, well, how many miles is the decision point? And she's like, she's like, Laz will kill me if I tell you. And, and I don't want to get it wrong anyway. So, you know, it, it, it is whatever it says it is. So just, you know, go, best of luck, you know. So it was, it was funny to it was funny to see that kind of family business there. But, yeah, no, making the decision point was very, very cool uh, to, to get to that decision point. But I didn't even I didn't even see where the marathon turnoff was. I just saw Laz in, in the distance punching bibs. And I said, OK, I got to get there as soon as possible because I've screwed. I I knew I'd screwed around and lost time on Ratchet. I just didn't know how much time I'd lost, uh, and how close I actually was to the finish. But I also, ignorance was a little bit of bliss there too, because the way they recorded on Ultra Sign Up, it looked like 
last year, everyone that pretty much everyone that made it to the decision point got got to the finish line with the Croy, but that's not the case. Mm-hmm. But the way it looked to me, like I was like, oh, okay, so if you make it to the decision point, you've got more suffering to go, but you'll probably be okay. But, but had I known the true odds, I may have thought about it for a second. But the, you know, everyone's all jazz. Everyone's telling you to go for it too, and I was also like, well, if I don't make it, I really do think that Laz or you know they. The, the, they would they're probably more inclined to let you go for it again the following year if you if you go for it and don't make it rather than just take the easy way out and take the marathon if you if you don't have the time so that's what i did i mean i i didn't even think about it i just went right for it so but i know what you mean it took the pressure <sighs> off a little bit you know when I, I i made the marathon with just 19 seconds to go so i mean i really just holy cow yeah 19 seconds and i mean there's a story behind that as well. I think I, we talked about it with Christy, but um, the pressure was off for me then. So we, we were going down the path and we ran about a mile and I I kicked the top of a stone and goes, right, I met a group. I'm just going to walk with the group now down. Then halfway down, somebody says, you know, we have to make this within 13 hours, 20 minutes. I was like, shit, we've got another cutoff. So I started walking really, really quick. All of a sudden it was like, because <laughs> I knew I was, we, the decision point was out for us, obviously, because it was 11 and a half minutes sorry 11 and a half hours yeah. at tub springs so decision point was gone to save face i had to had to make the marathon obviously but the pressure was off so if you came into the decision point thinking that as well you know it's even though you still have to keep going you don't have the same motivation to push even a bit deeper and a bit harder so on that loop was there any stage you started to think oh sugar i'm not gonna actually make potentially i'm at risk here of not making this Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But I would say like that was to me, that was the best part of the race was was after the decision point and running and and just that that last section was the best best part of the race because all the decisions had been made. The die had been cast, as they said. So all you had to do at that point was run, run as as well as you could and hope for the best. And that's, that's basically what I did. But no, I I absolutely there was. A dozen times I thought I'd missed I'd missed something or missed the cutoff, but I I was going up the hill uh, and uh, with the, with the guy that I actually did the big Barkley, it was Indian guy um, Naresh Kumar. I don't know, he's a really really great guy. Yeah, yeah he's fantastic. Uh, he he told me, he said something like he goes he goes well Laz Laz likes to have non finishers after the after the decision point. And I thought about it for a second. I go, oh, that's that's interesting. And then I thought about it a little bit more. I go, what do I care what Laz thinks? I didn't do this for Laz. Like, I did this for me. And I wanted to prove to myself that I could basically climb the equivalent of going from base camp of Everest to the top of Everest and back down and run an uh, ultra in, you know, half a day, basically. That was my goal. It wasn't, I didn't even care about the medal as much. I wanted to do that. So once I kind of did that, I go, okay, well, I'm, I guess I'm okay with not finishing. But then I thought about it some more. I go, well, I got the family here and the girls are going to be really upset. So then I had to work through what I was going to tell the girls when I didn't make it. And I, I got to tell you, I did not think I was going to make it at all because when we were coming down at the very, very end, uh, I knew I was very, very tight on time. And the, the marks, I think someone had put like a, like a red reflector thing on top of the white marks. The trail was supposed to be blazed in white, but it looked pink. And so I thought I'd taken a wrong turn. And I really thought I'd taken a wrong turn when the, the 
the trail started curving away from the, the, the camp and all the shouting and stuff like that. And I was like, there's no time left. And I'm still going uphill away from camp. And I go, I don't have time to go back and look to see whether I made a wrong turn or not. I've just got to keep going and hope for the best here. And luckily, I mean, I, I, I turned around and, but you know, to answer your question, there were many, many times where I was like, I, I don't think I'm going to make it, you know, class. We were at the finish line, um, watching, you know, there's another, there's another torch in the appearing way in the distance. We're like, Oh no, like there's four minutes to go. And we're like, come on, come on, come on. And that person comes through. Um, and I think it was the guy you were just talking about. Don't want to mention his name because <laughs> I'll pronounce it incorrectly. Um, he works on the Barclay uh, with Laz as well, doesn't he? Do, I think he does the timings. I, I he does a lot for 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 Laz. I, I found all this out later. What's strange is he grew up. So he grew up in the slums of India. He moved to New Zealand because he'd seen Lord of the Rings and liked Lord of the Rings. And then, believe it or not, he lives in St. Louis now. He's so a very interesting I had guy. Like dinner after after the race, and got to hear more about his life story and some of the charities. He's, he does all these a lot of really good charity work and a lot of a lot of good stuff. Just a fantastic individual, but you know, mm-hmm. small world. That believe it or not, there was I think there was four people from the St. Louis area within two minutes of the cutoff, or with St. Louis mm-hmm. ties, I should say, because Christy lives in Colorado now, but she's she, she came down with all the St. Louis folks and. And Naresh lives in St. Louis now, and, and, and there was a Jacqueline Summer too that she finished with it. But four people from St. Louis, I mean, out of maybe six or seven people in total, out of you know 400 registrations, four of them end up within two minutes of the cutoff. I mean, what are the what are the odds? It's just the craziest thing in the world. But it's about human spirit, though, isn't it? Because there was a huge wave of people came in under the last 15 minutes. You know, from 13 hours, just after the 13 hours. It was like everybody in the race was finishing. I couldn't believe how close everybody was, but it was obviously the way the structure of the race is and the cutoffs. Oh yeah, you know, and you're, you're, he knew something. You're cutting all those people out, and then they are, you know, really going after it to get into the 13 hour 20 minutes. So There's a huge wave of people coming in. Like it was such an exciting, exciting buzz to actually be at the finish line at that point and seeing everybody coming in and roaring them over because you're urging them, you're screaming at them like, come on, come on, you know. Yeah. And then like there was like 30 seconds, you're like, oh shit, there's another head torch and it was yours. <clears throat> <laughs> and you're looking at the clock, this big red clock sort of shining bright in the dark and you're going, have they got enough time? It looks quite far away. Like, and you're screaming at them, come on, come on. Tell me what that experience was like running closer and closer. Cause your time was well ticking away. Oh yeah. No, no, it absolutely was. I remember when the, when the trail curved away, I thought, I thought I'd missed it. Cause it was like, there's no time left. I, I I'm going away from camp now. I I'm screwed. And I almost, I almost started crying right there on the trail. I was like, I spent 13 hours and 20 minutes out here and I, I, I I'm going to end up with nothing to show for it. But then I kind of sucked it up and I said, and if I would have stayed there and cried, I wouldn't have made it either. But so I summoned all my strength and just, you know, there was a, there was a reserve there because I was, I was sprinting as fast as I could for, you know, being out there for as long as I was to try and make that cutoff. And, and there was there was like one uh, there was like one guy that finished like three seconds in front of me, but I I almost caught him. I think if the race had been another hundred yards, I would have <laughs> passed him actually. But but I just I mean I just Pure barely demons. barely made it. And once I once I turned, I could see 
that I had enough time. I was just, I mean, in un, I was unbelievably happy that I that I made it, and I was start, I'm jumping up and down, and, and people go, you gotta cross, you gotta cross. But I wanted to be able to soak it in, even if it was only for, you know, the five seconds that, that I had to to kind of cross the line. But it was it was really really exciting. I couldn't have written it any better, you know, for for how excited I was to actually to make it there and in time, you know. So. so the last person to finish the Barkley Fall Classic 50K in 13 hours, 19 minutes and 48 seconds. He had 12 seconds left and to, and you, were, you got the cross, 50K cross and only 18 seconds behind you then was Christy. Like this is yeah. how close it is, 18 seconds. So at one point she was like 24 minutes behind you and then she caught up to six minutes behind you. And then she was 30 seconds. So she actually done the last loop quicker than you. And you were both there at 11 hours and 17 minutes. Like that's how tight it was and the difference. And when we were watching, it was super exciting. You crossed the finish and it was like, yes, we got another one. Like, and then she's coming down the finishing through and you're roaring. Yeah, come on, come on, come on. And you just see it hit. 13 hours 20 minutes yeah. and i called it um an emotional wave because that's what it was like this real high positive wave of everybody crossing the line just getting in and then it just crashed and yeah she yeah. come across the line and it just ripped the heart out of everybody it's like oh six seconds oh yeah, i think it was, it was. so it was so just uh, my my best memory was when i when i crossed that finish. i mean it was so so excited and I wasn't sure if I was remembering right, but apparently my, my wife had taken this video and it was like, I had to get my last bid punch before it was official and they had to give me the cross and everything I get. So I'm looking back on the trail and I can, you can see Christy just barely cross and it's just a few seconds over the cutoff and people are going, oh, oh. And I, I think I just, I, my head just goes in my hand. I felt sick to my stomach and, and wanted to throw up right then and there for her. And I think I just said, why? I, I said, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> and then the video cuts out. But, uh, you know, it, even finishing that close was, was really exciting. But I got to tell you, like, everyone had done all the tough, all the tough stuff was done. Like, you've done Ratchaw twice. You've done Testicle Speckle. You've done all the tough stuff. And you're just right there. And I just, I really, I was happy I finished, but I was really disappointed that that it was, it was such a cruel race. I mean, it was so, those cutoffs were just so tight and just, you know. Do you know the mad thing is, oh, and the, the super cool thing about it is, is that Chrissy was an hour ahead of me. You know, and I got a marathon finish. And when you <laughs> see those words DNF, um, this is why anybody that's sort of been there, like um, Karen McNeeny says, me, you've unfinished business. You do realize this. <laughs> you you only got a marathon finish. I said, yeah, okay. I was I was proud of that moment until, oh, hold on, actually, you're right. <laughs> Seeing these people coming over the finish line, you know. and But it's a funny thing, and it's exactly what Laz sort of creates, is like you, you just made it, and she didn't. When you know she's going to actually walk away with more from that, than actually crossing the line. If she crossed the line with a couple of, um, it gives you closure. You know, yes, you know, all that effort was worth it. But she, her, her mind was then thinking back, you know, 
I could have got seconds here. I could have got seconds there. I could have pushed a bit harder on that. We're talking six seconds here. Um, it definitely gives you more strength feeling that it does succeed. And I think in, in the long run, uh, I absolutely agree that you learn, you look, you certainly learn a lot more from fa your failures than your successes. Cause you, you think like, oh, it's easy. And, and, you know, I, I just cruise, I just, you know, slapped everything together and I was successful and it's great and stuff like that. But you, you do learn a lot from, from the failures, but I, I will say like, you know, even doing it, I learned a ton <laughs> there and I certainly, I, I can certainly, my heart goes out to Christian because I, I second guessed 50 or 60 different decisions I made during the race going, I lost. 10 seconds there, I lost 15 seconds there. And, but just to even think about it in terms of like, if I, if I'd stopped to hug one more tree or if I'd stopped to, to even shed a tear when I thought I wasn't going to make it, I wouldn't have made it. And so it's just the, the, that's why I said, it's just the cruel, cruel fate that, because I mean, when you look at it statistically, there, there's absolutely no difference between Christie's performance and mine. I mean, it's like, I did the math on it. It was like, point zero 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 four that's the difference between our times right it might even be less than that i thought she finished nine seconds over if it was six well, it seconds might, it, over, might, it was even closer it might have been nine seconds just... um so you, you both got there 11 hours 17 minutes at the decision point and she'd done the last loop quicker than you and she dnf'd and you you got the cross and that's why it was such a good um that's why i wanted to get the both of you on because that's exactly what Lars creates, isn't it? It shows you how crazy his yeah. event is and what his races are like. And because my experience was trying to get over the marath, I, I thought I was going to make the decision point for, until halfway up Ratjo and went, actually, what happened there? I, I've, 10 minutes ago, I thought I was making the decision point. Now I'm actually, our whole group was, okay, we'll just have to do the marath. And I was like, Jesus, guys, no. We, and actually, out of our group, I was the only one that made the marathon cut off the other three people didn't so we all went from thinking oh, really? we all went from thinking we're going to make the decision point to almost not making the marathon and it made me think that actually even though everyone had their own finish lines throughout that race and those different cutoffs and people were pushing on pushing on just didn't make it by a few seconds whether it was in the prison or whether it was on the turn turn around they weren't like, because I remember when I, because I was the last person crossed the line, I think at the marathon, um, who just made it in time. And I seen this girl come behind me and she was saying like, she didn't get her bib punched. She was literally like 10, well, she was 20 seconds behind me. And she goes, oh, come on. She felt great. She goes, because she has yeah. to finish anyway. <laughs> she still, that's the cruel thing about it is you still have to finish or anybody that was even after Christy. You still have to finish, no matter what. You still have to come down that, and the, the difference between a minute right. or two in this event is is what makes it so great. You know, there's no negative aspect of any of this. Everybody's gone on their own journey, and everybody gets strength and will gain strength from doing a, a race like Barclay Fall Classic. Um, have you put your name in the pot to go again, or have, have you got closure? Uh, I did not for next year. Uh, but I know I, I talked to Christy. Christy's going for it again, which I, I I'll be her biggest fan. Let me tell you, like next year. Uh, but I was I I did like look at it and I go, how could I how could I top the experience that I had? 
I was like, I need, I need a year off to kind of process it. <laughs> I, to be honest with you, even the day after I couldn't even, I couldn't even put into words how I felt. Cause it was so, I was, I was actually more heartbroken and more upset about the people that didn't finish than I was about being happy about finishing myself just because I, I know how much work everyone had put in to do that. But I am looking, I am, but it, you kind of go, you do something really, really hard like that and you go, okay, I capable of far more than I think I am. So I do have bigger goals on the horizon. It's just, you know, Barkley, I was like, I'll take a year, I'll take a year to think about it before I throw my, my hat in the name. But it is funny though, because I wish they'd, I wish they'd published the pictures before you had to make the call on whether to go back or not because I'm actually smiling in most of the pictures. So I, I was having a good time, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. for most of the pictures, but I think you know, we, we were I'm all sure having this, a good time. It, like, I think it's yeah. a strange thing about it. You do, you know, it, the whole way through the race, you, you do have a good time. You just have those moments where you've got no energy left and you have, you know, you have to keep on pushing through, but you're still enjoying it. You know, there's no point. Although yeah. I have to say my friend who's a road runner, he's, um, who was with us, Eamon Murphy, he actually ran a th he ran he done a a back to back marathon the following weekend where he ran a three forty five marathon on day one I think it was four or five the next day so he does a lot of marathons <clears throat> and he's not really a trail runner but I met him going up Tesco Speckle when I was coming down so he's he's well marathon fit I said are you enjoying this <laughs> I said are you enjoying it Eamon? How can you enjoy this? Excuse my French, sorry. <laughs> How the hell? I mean, the rage in his face as he was he was trying to hold on to something going up testicle spectacle at that real sharp point. And he's just looking at me like, are you serious? Are you asking me, like, are you enjoying this? Like, and he goes, I'm not enjoying this, not at all. But he, at the end of it, he loved it, obviously. But it was so funny, like, seeing his expression. There, there's enjoyment in the pain. Like, there's no doubt about that. And that's why we do these type of things. I have to say, Brian, you've done absolutely fantastic, like, to get a 50K finish in such a short period yeah. of time. Do you know, that is, like, it's mind-blowing there. Obviously, having that discipline that you've got from wrestling and, and following the coach and building up um, strength in your body, because that's what you need. And it normally takes time for building some mental strength and you only get there by getting into the pain cave as much as possible and when you break through <laughs> those moments you know it gives you a bit more confidence the next time to know oh well it was worse than this last time it'd be fine like um so congratulations i know we've <laughs> we've been talking like nearly an hour and a half so we'll have to edit this down a bit which is great what a great episode i apologize once again for the delay in getting this out i took on a mountain challenge in october which wiped out my time but i will get back to the podcast through the month of november with so much now going on in the ultra running world who would have thought 101 yards in the backyard absolutely mind-blowing from the belgium team big shout out to everybody who supported the barclay fall classic i found an old episode which i haven't released from harvey lewis so i'll knock that out next weekend until then Stay safe and keep on moving.